guys, brand new podcast, and the Birdie Boy Relapse Tour is on sale right now, September 8th, in Morrison, Colorado, at Red Rocks. It is a huge goal of mine to perform at Red Rocks. That show is almost sold out. If it isn't sold out already, I am performing in between Jimmy Buffett on the 7th and the 9th. I will be going to both shows, eating mushrooms at one of them. Dave Williamson, Mark Normand are eating mushrooms with me and going also. Dave probably won't because he works at a high school. But that is September 8th. Go to burtburtburt.com, Las Vegas, September 25th. And then on the 8th, we kick off in Montgomery, Alabama, and head out hard to Augusta, Charleston, Charlotte, Atlanta, Cedar Rapids, Green Bay, Peoria, Sioux City, Tampa, Orlando, Tallahassee, Jacksonville, Hollywood, Fort Myers, Washington, Boston, New York, St. Louis, Chicago, Milwaukee, Minneapolis, uh, Minneapolis. We've added four shows in Minneapolis, Rockford, Illinois, Cleveland, Ohio. I'm at the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, November 20th, Austin, Texas on the 2nd of December, Sugarland, Grand Prairie, New Orleans, Abilene, uh, El Paso, Phoenix. Wow, we've added a second show at Phoenix at the Celebrity Theater, December 11th, Redding, California, Sacramento, California, Anaheim, Bethlehem, and that is taking us into New Year's Eve at Philadelphia, the Met. And then we've got Wichita, Springfield, Huntsville, Durham, Greensboro, Knoxville. I mean, this tour goes all the way to the Ryman. We've added a second show, April 22nd. Come find me on tour. Go to burpburpurt.com. We are adding shows, uh, but Red Rocks, I can't wait. That's my big kickoff date. We are just weeks away, weeks away, weeks away. Today's podcast is a fucking pretty amazing podcast. Last year, New Year's Eve, uh, I did a live show with Tom Segura. I woke up the next morning, hung over his shit, thinking this is going to be a good year. Fuck 2020. We are seeing a fresh start. I got a phone call from my manager, Judy, and said, Chase was in an accident. Chase worked for Judy, worked for me. This Burtcast sign that's up behind us, we talk about that. He had just dropped it off at my house three days before and told me he had a big trip planned. He was going into like St. Louis and then on to Philly where he had a huge party. And she said, Chase has been in an accident. He was drunk in a hotel room and he fell and he broke his neck and he's paralyzed from the neck down. And... It was a shitty way to start the fucking year. I've known Chase for a long time. He's a young kid in my book, you know, but he's hungry and he's he had his life ahead of him and it just flipped me the fuck out. And especially after watching Tom fall, rupture his patella, break his arm and seeing just how fragile life is and how at the drop of a hat, things can change, things can happen and all of a sudden your life can be redefined. That was, that was, that was, stamped into cement with me when i heard what happened to chase and we followed his journey you've heard me and leanne talk about chase you've seen us watch his first steps you've seen us post videos i posted on my instagram we also watched him climb up the rocky steps these are all stories we will talk about his recovery he is doing so well he walked into this podcast studio he sat down with me he had a beer we opened a second one he didn't drink it just <laughs> just so we're clear uh, he didn't drink it. I opened a second one. He's like, oh, I'll have one too, but he didn't touch it. I drank mine. I wasn't going anywhere. But, uh, and then he tells me the story of him getting paralyzed, and it is not the one I expected to hear. It is not the one we were told when we found out he got paralyzed. It's a very different story. <laughs> I was caught off guard. Leanne came in. She sat down. I don't think she said anything. 
I mean, this is a pretty good pod. It's a pretty good podcast. I, I, I hate to say that because it's a pretty good podcast because of the roughest fucking year of his life that he's had. And he talks us through it. He talks about the ups and downs of being paralyzed from the neck down. He says some of the most vulnerable things I've ever heard an individual say. Some of the most honest things I've ever heard an individual say about how how to deal with hardships. And, and, I, and I'm just saying, and, and, you know, I talk about my stupid fucking injury that's been a pain in my ass. And I talk about my recovery and I talk about the panic attacks I had. And, I, and he had witnessed me share some of them on Instagram and he commented on them. And, and I, I don't want to ruin this story. I, I don't want to ruin this, this podcast for you. I want you to hear it for yourself. I want you to hear everything. I want you to hear the shock in my voice when he tells me how he got paralyzed and where he was and what happened directly thereafter mm -hmm. and, and, and his feelings for the next two days because the, the call we got was he's in good spirits. I mean, it's such an insane fucking story. If you're a producer out there and you're thinking about doing something with Chase, hit me up. I'll connect you with him. Um, or just reach out to Judy, 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 Marmel. She'll take care of everything. He still works for us. Uh, not really. He will, though. As he's, he, he talks about it in the podcast. He's doing like four hours of rehab a day, and he, he can't really get into a rehab facility yet. And that's when the real change happens. And then, But you need those. He talks about all this, but you need those four hours and until you get to one hour. Once you get to one hour, he'll come back to work. But until that time, he is he's just rehabbing he sent a video to me the other day of him playing tennis did you see that no yeah it's That's it's awesome. really a, an inspirational story and if you're going through any health issues and you think they're insurmountable and i know that sometimes they're not that big and you're like what will my life be like look it's a pretty inspirational podcast it's a pretty honest podcast and it is a pretty funny podcast at times yeah I, there is there's definitely a story of that is one of my favorites and by the way uh you're gonna like it you're gonna love it uh i'm keep keep chasing your prayers keep praying that he works keeps up this work ethic that he stays on a positive thing and if you're going through anything like that you can dm chase or my buddy scott flossenbaum I, I keep fucking up scott's name scott is unbreakable underscore journey he had a very similar story we should have him on the podcast to talk about it um maybe we'll have him and chase together scott was paralyzed from a botched epidural from the chest down um but uh dm chase and he he can talk to you if, if you know someone going through this which sadly the odds are some there's someone listening right now that's going through this themselves or has a family member going through something similar to this or just anything blew out his patella and Rob broke his arm and, and needs a little fucking uplifting voice. Chase, I, I had Tom speak directly to Chase to tell him, to give him like a little boost of energy, and, and he did. And I, I kind of forgot about it, and he, we talked about that. But this is a really inspirational podcast. He's a really inspirational dude. I absolutely love this guy with all my heart, and I wish him continued success in his recovery. You're going to enjoy this podcast a great deal, okay? Follow him on Instagram at Chase Unfiltered. And he's at TikTok at Chase Gets Better. Um, ladies and gentlemen, my friend, Chase Friedman.
pressure medicine. You can go do that? No, I'm gonna, I need the Liam just to bring it out. Don't do it as reloading your sandwich. All right. Um. You recording? Yeah. Good. Wayne and Crisis personal assistant speaking. Hey, will you have mom bring out my blood pressure medicine when she comes out? Mom, dad wants you to bring his blood pressure medicine out. Is he out there? Yeah, we're out here with Chase. Tell her to come out and say hi. Tell her to come out and say hi. I did. And and tell her to bring my blood pressure medicine. She said let natural selection run its course. (laughs) All right. I love you. (laughs) Love you. Bye. Bye. Um, all right. I have such, I have such empathy for you that I, I, that I didn't have, that I never had. Mm -hmm. And it is because I had a nerve block on my left arm and my left arm was paralyzed. Really? For how long? Uh, (laughs) longer than five minutes, which is where about (laughs) as much as I could stand. It was, it was, uh, so they said we get out of surgery and they said, you know, your arm's numb. It's going to be that way for like six hours. Mm Mm-hmm. But it could be up to 48 hours. And so I was like, okay. So six hours goes by and it's still dead. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I can't drink. I can't relax myself with anything. Mm -hmm. Can't take a Xanax. I'm taking bullshit pain pills. And I go, cool. I'm just going to let this wear off. And then that night I'm sitting there and I go, it's been 13 hours. And now we're getting to 20 hours. And and nothing. 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 And I am a mess. And here's where my empathy rant came into you. I was trying to move my thumb and I couldn't. And that that panic that went through my heart of knowing how to move my thumb. I moved my, I was moving this thumb like crazy and getting going and going why aren't you doing anything? I gave up. I gave up and I thought about you immediately and I thought how many times you must have been sitting there going I just want to move anything. And it's it's different. It's different than lifting a weight and not being able to do it or playing the guitar and not being able to do it because it's it's something you never think about. You don't have to think about. And thinking about moving a body part gave me such panic that, Chase, I will say this 100% honestly, I thought to myself, if I ever get put in that situation, kill me. I don't know if I could bounce back. And so I have so much respect for your journey because I don't know if I, you were so upbeat. You were so fucking on it that i went ah, i have a different respect i ended up talking to scott uh mm-hmm. to, talking to scott uh, i forget i can't pronounce his last name flannabom Flans, flansbaum flansbaum yeah. about it and he said yeah yeah and then he was like dude chase has killed it so so i say that to you but maybe tell everyone your story okay so let's just start from the beginning this i'm by the way i'll tell you where my beginning starts i see you and you deliver this light to me yeah that was fun <laughs> It's this really cool light, right? Yeah, it looks great, right? Yeah. You, I de- you deliver this light to me. Come on in, Leanne. I look terrible because I'm working in the yard. Hey, Leanne. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You. I look terrible. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Thanks for coming. Yeah. So we were just sitting. And uh, normally I'd have you jump in and hang out and, and be a part of it. I know you're busy. But he was just starting to tell the very beginning of his story. And I said, it starts with this light. Ah. Yep. Uh, well, for those of you who don't know, I work for Bert 
I, Judy, his manager's assistant, and, you know, did all that stuff, including getting the sign made and bringing it over to you. What what was the present for? Like holiday? It was for birthday? Christmas. It was Christmas? for Christmas. Yeah. Great sign. It's a great sign. It was a gift <laughs> from my management. You came over uh -huh. and you said, uh, I said, so what's your plans? And you said, oh, I'm going to go see. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go see Alex. And then I'm going to Philly. And I'm going to Philly because I'd been quarantining all year. I'd been playing everything by the rules. And I was just like, a good friend from college invited me out to Philly for New Year's for a big party. And I was like, you know what? I deserve this. I deserve, I deserve this. to go wow. have a good time. And uh, so I go to the party. Well, first of all, fine. how was Alex? Did you have fun with Alex? I had a great time with Alex. I remember I gave you a, a sponsor that we have. I gave you a can of t chewing tobacco. Oh yeah, you did. And you I was did. like, I was like, I pray to God he wasn't chewing tobacco when all this happened. I was not. I was not. I was not um, chewing tobacco when all that happened. Don't worry, it had nothing to do with you. Good, good, good. I'm a narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So, so I I go to this party in Philly. It's great. I'm talking to this this girl. Let's just call her Sarah. That's not her name. Okay. She invites me back to her place. I go, she brings two friends. We just, because she brought two friends, we we're just, you know, having a good time. I eventually spend the night on the couch. I wake up around seven in the morning to go pee. You know, I'm still very hungover. I'm still probably drunk. I've had like no sleep and I go to the bathroom and I trip. And next thing you know, I wake up and all three of them are around me freaking out. And, um, wow, this is so not what I thought happened. Yeah. So they're all freaking out and I'm, I was concussed. I was out for like a minute and they're like, what we need to call an ambulance, we need whatever. And I don't know. I don't know where I am. I don't know who they are. I don't know what's going on. And, um, just a warning, this is going to get like really dark, but. Let it, it, it get, gets let better. It, let it, it get dark. It, it gets better. Uh, so the one, Sarah, whose house it was, she was an attorney. And you're about to find out a really bad one. So she is telling her two friends, like, we can't call an ambulance because, because we were partying. If they come and see what we had been doing, she would lose her license as an attorney. Whoa. So I'm there figuring out what's going on with me, realizing you're laying I'm on the ground, laying on the ground, face so wait, down. point that out. You're laying on the ground and you're paralyzed, paralyzed, broken nose, confused. So con super concussed, super messed up. And like one of them starts shaking my leg and they're like, just get up. And then I like felt just like a little bit of sensation in my leg. And I was like, are you touching me? She was like, yeah, I'm shaking your leg. You don't feel that. And that's when I realized like what was going on. So the two of them, the two girls are like, we need to call an ambulance. And Sarah is like, we're, we're not calling an ambulance. Everything I've worked for, everything I've trained for to get an, to be an attorney, all the late nights, I'm going to lose it all. Oh my God. It, and by it, the way, I, so thought, insane. I thought you didn't use her name because you fucked her. And now it turns out she fucked you. Like She fucked me. Oh my God. Really oh my bad. God. So, oh my God. So is, is she like, leave the room. By the way, she needs to be disbarred. This I know, is who this I know, fucking I know, person I know. is. She totally does. She, she totally needs does. to be. I mean, like, listen, we've all had panic moments where we've done the wrong thing. Everyone has. Do you, you want to know how long it? I was on the floor before they called an ambulance? 45 minutes 
of her yelling at me. You're about to ruin my life. You need to get up. You fell face down. You couldn't, you can't be paralyzed. And me just confused, just like trying, I'm like, I'm trying, I'm trying and trying to get up and my shoulders were working. So I was able to like move my arm and Bert, it was so traumatic. It was a really, really bad beginning to this whole journey. This is 45 minutes. So, so as, as we go on and tell the story, I want, I want to, and this is Leanne's holding her face. And by the way, you're more than welcome to be on this podcast. If you want to, I didn't realize this was Yeah. Um, but so we get a call New Year's Eve. Now, not, I've, not there, New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah. New Year's, New Year's, New Year's Day. Day. New Year's, New Year's Day. Day. Yeah. So there's something very interesting to this story. Now, I I understand that I'm a very flawed person and I, I might be a, like a soft narcissist, but New Year's Day, I thought uh, I did a show with Tom New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. uh, Two Bears Live. And. I was one of the drunkest I've been in a very long time. And that night I went into the sink. I think I went into the tub and I put water on my head upside down in the tub and I almost fell. And I remember thinking, waking up the next morning going, God, man, I was pretty fucked up. I got to remind myself not to try to wash my hair. Like what the fuck was I? I think I had spilled beer on me or something. And so I washed my hair upside down and I almost fell. And I woke up and I was like, God, that was fucked up. And my phone rang and it was Judy. And she said, Chase, there's been an accident. Chase got drunk and he fell and he's paralyzed. And I went, and immediately I went, how close and everyone is to life-changing accidents every fucking second. I just, mm-hmm. I just the night before got very fun, got the drunkest I'd ever been for fun with my buddy. And I got very high, I think. And uh, here, let me crack this beer, by the way. Cheers. Cheers to the fact that Cheers. we can- Toast and have a hey, fucking man. beer. Cheers. I'm alive. <laughs> you are more than just mm-hmm. alive. But I thought to myself, how fucking life is is always just a a, a feather away from a, a severe accident. But but to so that we can bookmark it, we thought you were in a hotel when this happened. So keep going. Okay, so <laughs> the ambulance eventually comes. They take me in, and I'm like you know, mentally not, not very good, not in a good place. They start oh. doing tests and, you know, I was actually listening to you talk about how bad your MRI was. And, um, the MRI was probably the worst part of the whole thing for me because, so it was two hours long. I'm so, so I broke my nose on the fall as well. So I can't breathe. I get to the hospital. They tell me I have COVID. So the oh cherry on top, I have COVID. So I get to this MRI, right? Completely paralyzed. I can't feel anything. Can't move anything. They put the mask on me. I'm like, can you at least take the mask off while I'm in there? Because I can't breathe through my nose. It's broken. They're like, no mask has to stay on. I get in there. I can, I'm freaking out about COVID. So the mask is going in my mouth, out my mouth. And they keep saying, stop moving. I'm like, what are you talking about? Stop moving. I, I can't move. I was having, my legs were having spasms. So they kept like randomly shaking and kicking and for two hours, and I was so hungover, and I, it, oh my God, that was so bad, the MRI. And I just remember thinking, like, I'd rather be dead. I would 100% rather be dead than have to go through with this MRI. Um, it's amazing that is a go-to thought. So when I watched Go Baby, Down Baby, what was the Clint Eastwood movie about the boxer that oh, um, Hillary Swank played? 
million dollar baby million dollar baby and she kept saying just kill me just kill me and i i remember going no no you always got to keep hope it's so easy for someone to say to someone you got to fight you got to do the rehab you got to do this and that but when it's you and and i know i know i'm i know my flaws and i'm understanding i'm pointing one of them out very clearly but when i had just a nerve block in my arm my go-to thought was I could not fight through this if this is the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is there's a guy I owe a huge apology to. His name's Gabe. He was on Go Big Show. He was the one-armed archer. And and I, and I and not like an apology where like like any there was any a disagreement or or ever hard feelings. But we busted balls a lot about him. He had a he had an arm he lo- he lost in a motorcycle accident and it was still there but it had no feeling in it and he ended up getting it cut off and i just busted his balls about about him why would he get his arm cut off wouldn't you rather just have an arm and he's like you have no idea what a dead limb feels like it's fucking sucks and i was like dude i still think i'd still rather have an arm than no arm and i do stuff like high five you know like bust balls and when i had that my dead arm and i and and, and, and leanne can hear a test it was lasting longer than it should have now, granted, they did say 48 hours. It can go 48 hours. But it was lasting longer than the six-hour window they had given me. And I understand that I'm telling you fucking champagne problems right now. Champagne problems. I'm, so, I'm trying to put it in perspective of going, I understand the concept of I, I'm, I can't do this. And I definitely said, if this is my arm, it's getting cut off. I would cut it off. I would rather not have an arm than something hanging on me but that I have no feeling in. And, and it was because it was like you'd get up. I woke up in the middle of the night and it had fallen behind the chair. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I had to get it from behind the chair. So <coughs> when you say, kill me right now, I'm in a fucking MRI. Yeah. And and they're like, no, just keep still. We're almost done. And it's like another hour. I'm like, fuck. Um, and also understand at this point, like they haven't told me about rehab. They haven't told me what's wrong with me. In my head, I'm just going to be ahead for the rest of my life. That's what I was thinking for the first day and a half. So- so the MRI was bad. I get out. I'm on a bunch of oxy. It, I'm mentally really bad. Day two, they take me in for surgery on my neck. And I remember going in and looking at the anesthesiologist and just thinking to myself, like, I hope you have no idea what you're doing. I hope you mess up and I never wake up. Luckily, I did wake up. And the second I woke up, I noticed my biceps worked a little bit. I could pull in my arm just ever so slightly. And I was like, wait a minute, something, they did something right in there. And then I, they took me back to my room. I recovered for a couple hours and the doctors came in and they said, they told me the kind of injury I had. I injured my spinal cord, spinal cord from C4 to C7. There was no break, but there was a lot of trauma and they don't, they basically said, based on your age, based on the injury, we have no idea what's going to happen to you. And I was just like, really after fucking like 15 years of medical school, you're going to tell me you don't know. And based on the injury, they're like, maybe you can take a step again. Maybe nothing will ever recover. We don't know, but there's a rehab process and you have a chance. And my head went straight to, Oh, I'm going to be totally fine. I went hard denial on my situation. I felt how my biceps like had a little bit of sensation, a little bit of, uh, you know, motor function. I was like, hardcore denial. Oh, I'm going to be fine. I'm just going to work hard. I'm going to stay positive and I'm gonna be totally fine. And I lived in my own head in this own like reality of mine for like the first month of everything's going to be fine. And then I was just cracking jokes all day. And I was super, super positive, um, 
for the majority of the rest of the trip. You want to hear about my first mental breakdown? It's kind of funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to keep going back. Okay, keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So because well, I, I want to hear about your first mental breakdown, but I also want to know how, what, like, like if they did like a, a reenactment of what happened. Okay. But, so, but remind me, mental breakdown. Don't let me forget. I won't forget. I won't forget. So uh, what happened like on the fall? I want to know what happened, like what, what must have happened. Yeah, yeah. so I tripped. I fell my face I went face first into the countertop and I had some weird condition called congenital stenosis which is a condition you wouldn't know you have unless something like this happens and the vertebrae in my neck the bones were just too close together so when my head snapped back they smashed into each other caused a bunch of trauma and internal bleeding inside of my spinal cord Wow. So it's like an injury that wouldn't have happened to someone else if they fell the same way I did everyone else would have just woken up with a sore neck and a broken nose and you had a condition. Oh, wow. So yeah. now, and so would that have, and I hate, I hate to ask this, but would that, would there have been better help for you had you not laid there for 45 minutes? I asked the doctor. He said it wouldn't have made a difference, which is why I didn't sue this person. I'd, but I'd still if, sue her for being a cunt. If it affected me, like if I got hit a centimeter higher, or even less than a centimeter higher, and, and it would have hit like C3 uh, or C2, it would have affected my lungs or my brain, I'd be dead. 100% wow. being so, on the ground so, so for that long. Halston, are you on the computer right now? So can, can you pull up spinal, like, so spinal, can you define spinal injuries of? It's like each, each vertebrae affects different parts of your body. Oh my and God. so like the higher you go up, like the more it affects. And I was at C4, which is pretty high. And I'm pretty sure it's like C2 that has to do with your lungs and stuff. And if it hit there, I'd, I'd 100% be dead. Okay. So yeah, so I one of my good buddies uh, in college, Dave Noise. Shout out to Dave Noise. Rest in peace, Dave. Uh, I'm sure this is. By the way, I don't have all the. Okay, so those are the C's. Mm-hmm. Oh, the C's are all in your neck. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because they're cervical. Cervical. Mm-hmm. And so th- thoracic is the T's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then L. So C three. You broke C three. Right, and the higher you break or like you know have your injury it affects everything from there and below so basically my entire spinal cord was messed up except for the spots at the very top so one two and three were okay so one two and three were okay and, and then and the rest of my body just stopped working so one two and three are more relative to your autonomic system would you say autonomic. i mean yes i mean like my autonomic system was also messed up. I I didn't sweat until like a month ago. I was not sweating. Wow. My skin was super dry. Like my entire time in the hospital, my hands were white, like with dryness. And like we put, yeah, no, I, I mean, I still don't feel temperature under my chest at all. Wow. Still today. That's all part are of your weird. autonomic. Showers are weird. You don't feel temperature. I started taking cold showers. Oh yeah. It's, it's supposed good. to be better, it's, for, it's you. better for you. I barely feel yeah. it. I feel in my arms. Yeah. And like my head and above, but under my nipples, nothing. Interesting. Nothing. So um, that's fascinating. So then, and Scott Flannenbaum, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys, I'm fucking his last name up. Um, Unbreakable Journey is his name on Instagram. Mm -hmm. He's one, he's a a fan. And we had met through the fact that he had, he had a botched epidural. Yeah. It's crazy. He was at like C2, he said. So his like entire body, like he was, yeah, that guy's a warrior. <laughs> and he's, he's like hardcore. I just talked to him on Instagram live the other day. He's a fucking hardcore warrior. Do you have, 
Do you have any questions? Do you have stuff you have to do? Do you need to leave? Uh, I just handled some stuff. Uh, I, cause I, I was meeting the painter, mm-hmm. but, um, so I just answered his question. But Sorry. Please feel free to chime in now. Uh, first mental breakdown. So this whole time I haven't cried. Not once. Yes. Even That's when I was on crazy, the crazy. I know. Way. And then like a weekend, Fast and Furious 7 comes on. Oh my God. I'm watching the movie. I'm laughing. I'm watching Jason Statham throw the rock like through like a wall and three floors. And I'm like cracking up at how he's like totally fine. And I trip yeah. in the bathroom. And then at the end of the movie, they do the, the, um, a memorial for Paul Walker. Yeah. And I start crying so hard. I can't breathe. And for the Aww. next week, every time I think about it, I start bawling again. And it was this weird outlet that like made me cry when I like, how weird is that? What was, what was it about Paul Walker? Because Paul Walker died. He died. No, I know. Well, I'm, I'm aware of that guy. But it was but just nobody... so sad that he died. And for some reason, watching a fast and furious movie, yeah. was the trigger that got me to just let everything out. Oh, where you could cry about yourself. You weren't crying about Paul Walker. I was crying about both. Yeah. It, it was I, like, thought you, I was like, so what was it with Paul Walker? No, it was like, it was like a sad thing that just made me cry about like partially Paul Walker, but like everything that was going on with me. So weird. God. <laughs> so, so when you get the news you, you and you go into denial and you're like, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to rehab out of this. When you get that news, is it, are people looking at you like, yeah, sure thing, man. Or, and, or are you just like, or is there like a team around you going, you are going to get through this? Because I, I don't think, it, I remember, you, I remember we'd, <laughs> we'd call, uh, usually we'd call probably every other day or every day and, and get updates on you. And I remember the first time you, you moved a toe or something, you moved a foot and they were like, he's getting feeling back in his feet. And I was like, fuck. I mean, I think we were, we were crying. We cried at the time. And then. Yeah. And then next thing you know, it's like, it's like you're, you're flicking people off. You're like, and, and things are going so quickly that I was like, motherfucker. Now, and you have COVID, so you've got to be quarantined. No one can really get close to you. Yeah. So the first month, so this happens and then the first month I'm by myself completely. Like I can't like, I have the doctors coming in, but I couldn't see family. I couldn't see friends. I'm also on the opposite side of the country. You're in Philadelphia. I'm in Philadelphia. Shout out to Philadelphia. That's a great fucking city. Bad things happen in Philly. Bad things. Sometimes that's true. That was the the running joke. My friend got me a shirt with gritty on it. Bad things happen in Philly. (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, wait, sorry. What am I saying? No, no, keep going. So so that first month, you're by yourself. So there, I'm by myself. They're not telling me. So, So the first week was when I came up with the idea before I leave Philly, I'm going to climb up the Rocky steps. And that to the doctors seemed like a complete impossibility. Whenever I brought it up, they're like, Logan, you take it day by day. You need to like, just focus on, you know, movement first. Like, don't look so far ahead. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to do this. I was watching the Rocky movies. They were firing me up. I get, so I was in the ICU for a week, the COVID part of the hospital for a week. And then I moved to the rehab hospital and I was living in a hospital meant for rehab first day I'm like telling my therapist I'm going to climb the steps when I right when I leave here they're like how much movement do you have at this time I I can't stand I can I can like like I can like kick my leg out my quads were like the muscle that came back first so I could kind of extend my leg um I had a little bit of ankle movement on my left side nothing on my right um 
yeah, I didn't have the strength to stand up yet. Now, I, is there any sense, rhyme or reasoning to what's working and what's not working? Working? No. So the way it works for everybody is like different things come back at different times. Whenever I asked a doctor, even today, like, is this going to come back? The answer is always, they don't know. Cause with these injuries, you have no idea what's going to come back. What's going to come first. What's going to come second. It's all, it's, you just work at everything and hope for the best. Jesus Christ. And are, are they working more specifically on the parts that are working or are they just going both legs? We're doing both legs. One leg's not so great. The other leg. It's both. And it's also your goals. You, you tell them your goals and they work towards them. So like we did way more stairs than the normal person does. Cause I said my goal. And in the beginning it was like an arm around each person. And they're like, someone's moving my legs up the stairs. Cause I can't do any of it but I made them do that every day with me. Cause I was like, I'm going to climb these steps. And how, and how many hours a day are you doing in rehab? Because it's very interesting. And my experience is, is watching Tom is Tom dedicated a great deal of time to rehab. And I assumed very quickly that, Oh yeah. If anything was, were to happen to me, I would be the same guy. And I'm not, I'm definitely not <laughs> like I, I was moving my hand around so much that it hurt yesterday and my arm started hurting. And I i mean, you could see it in my face. I was in so much pain. And I drank myself to sleep and passed <laughs> out on my fucking recliner. I don't remember how I got to bed last night. But I knew I was. I didn't want to take Accurate. a pain. Accurate. I didn't want to take a pain mm. pill. And I was done. <clears throat> I was angry. And I guzzled a bunch of whiskey and passed out. Super healthy. Uh, Super by the way. May need a different kind of rehab. Oh, yeah. When this is over. Gabby May. Reese called me today. She's she? like, don't drink. Yeah. And I went, huh? She goes, mm, I'm just telling you, don't drink. And gave me a bunch of stuff that I would, that I'm like, I'm like, I'm dying to know what you, cause like, cause you know, the guy you need in your life right now is Rogan. It's like a little insight from Rogan. Cause you know, Rogan and Gabby and those people, they're on the outside. They're, they're on the out, they're on like the fringes of what's happening. Like Gabby said to me, you need to get in the hyperbaric chamber. It needs to take you about three atmospheres down and you mm -hmm. need to watch a movie and just chill in that. And I was like, well, where the fuck do I find a hyperbaric chamber? She was like, call Joe. She was like, I guarantee you Joe knows two hyperbaric chambers. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? As opposed to my doctor who puts this on and goes, and the, the one guy that put it on was kind of like, he was like, yeah, it's a cheap ass fucking brace. It looks like I got it at CBS. And, and he's just like, All right, I mean, I guess like just move it around a little bit. And my doctor was like very specific, but I didn't listen. That's the other thing I wanted mm -hmm. to ask you. How first of all, answer, I'm so sorry. Answer the question. How much physical therapy are you doing a day? I was doing um, three to four hours a day. It was like an hour and a half of PT, which is mostly legs, hour and a half of OT, which is mostly hands. And then they do other like rec therapy, like trying to learn to type again or like learning like yeah, just like uh, using different tools to like do daily life things, and then and and then your free time you're spent watching movies and and just fucking around, listening to podcasts. Like what? I was, listen to what podcasts. Was, you know what I did? One of the most entertaining parts was I downloaded Tinder and Bumble, and I uploaded photos of me in the hospital, paralyzed, and my uh, bio was. Uh, it was like half photos of me, half photos of me, like, like totally messed up, like yeah. cut up. Like the bio is recently paralyzed. My neck brace holds up to 150 pounds. Come and take a seat. Oh my God. That's hysterical. 
That's fucking awesome. That's fucking And great. I got so many matches and I would just fuck with them. I would just fuck with them. It would be like, they'd say like, what up? I'd be like, not me. My legs don't work. They'd be like, you have nice eyes. I'd be like, thanks. One of the only working parts of my body. And it was just like, again and again, I had so much fun doing that. Yeah. And uh, that and movies. So how and- soon, how soon until you can... First of all, not, uh, yeah. what podcast did you listen to? Because shout out to those podcasts. Because I know for a fact, I I I I started when th- when this whole thing started happening. I know where I went, and it was Rogan with any one about psychedelics or anything about psychedelics. Because I realized my limitations emotionally and spiritually, and they were very shallow i have a very shallow depth of mm-hmm. of where i'm comfortable thinking about life and and the afterlife and all of that and so i went i, I watched uh magic mushroom what was it Fa- fantastic fun guys mm-hmm. and i watched that i watched i started watching anything about mushrooms anything about psychedelics about healing I, I, like i went to anything in that scope uh ben greenfield uh rogan uh, and then David Goggins is a big guy where you go, I start going to his page and scrolling mm-hmm. on his things and looking for stories of like, but what were your go-to podcasts? Where were your go-to inspirations? Honestly, or was it just get your I, mind I, off it? I don't have a good answer to that. I'd listen to like clients like you and Whitney and Taylor. And so you're saying Whitney got you through this? No. That's amazing. <laughs> I'd say, You're like, no, I'd listen to it and go, at least I'm not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it was just entertaining stuff. I wasn't, I wasn't listening to much for inspiration. The inspiration really just came from me and the fear of being <laughs> you disabled. To, you, you listen to Whitney and Taylor. You're like, okay, Taylor's emotionally paralyzed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, oh I, that was not my inspiration. Um, <laughs> oh Yeah. That's uh, that's interesting. And so what were the movies? What were your go-to movies? What's the movie that if it starts playing, you go, oh, I remember moving my toe to that movie. Or like, what's like the the movie where you, where you if you turn it on, obviously Fast and Furious, probably you'll never be able to see it the same way never, again. Never, never. I don't know. I don't really have a good answer to this. I mean, I watched the Blade trilogy. My friends bought me a DVD player, like from like 20 years ago, one of those. And they yeah. bought me a bunch of DVDs. Judy sent me all of her... Um, screeners and i would just watch dvds all day and it was just to pass the time nothing no real emotion associated with it can we just talk about fast and furious for a second yeah have you seen the most recent one? Oh yeah can i tell you <laughs> that's the one he cried to right no 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 no, 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 no. the one that's in theaters now nine have you seen it i saw it in serbia <laughs> by myself with my cousin andrew and my executive kale we sat in a movie theater i'd never seen any of them first mm-hmm. of all you kind of it's not a, it's not a, a, you can, you can just jump into it. You get the idea. There's cars, there's racing, there's good guys, there's bad guys. It's like a bond thing, but it does help to have a little backstory. Cause I was like, wait, are they brother, sister? Are they dating? Did they, is that their Dude, child? None of it makes sense. Okay. Here's the thing about the new movie. That's what they said. They go, you do not need to, don't worry. And then when they go to fucking space, I was like, oh yeah, none of this connects. None of it connects. Cause in all the past movies. There's normally one or two parts that you watch and you're like, oh, that's ridiculous. In the new one, every single part is you watch it and you're like, that's ridiculous. They took it to the whole, to a whole nother level. And I don't know. Leanne, it's insane. Ludacris and Tyrese go to space in scuba diving outfits and in a Fiera. I, I'm not even joking. In a also, Fiero? Like, in a Fiero. That's the most ridiculous is part. It Fiero? Fiero. Is it a Fiero? Is it a Fiero? It was a DeLorean? No, no, no. No, no. no you're thinking about it. 
it's it's a Fiero. Oh. Pull up Tyrese and and Ludacris space they in scuba suits. By the way, there was a bit they never paid off. They're like, just you know, if you get nervous, these inflate to two times their size. And I was like, I was like, I'm waiting for the fucking video of them inflated. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that they don't follow up on in that. It's movie. a, it's yeah, click it. Fast you know, and the Furious. Do you know, space. Ludic- in the beginning of the the Fast and Furious movies, Ludacris's character is just a mechanic, and then one movie they decide since That's he's it. a mechanic, he's going to be like the tech expert, and he's cracking like the world's most difficult safe in the. world. It's the mo- most insane series of all time. It is, and by the way, and I, I, it's interesting. I don't know if I, I don't know what changed in me. You just uh, this is not these are all advertisements. What changed in me is that I don't. I won't ever shit on another movie again because. I used to do that. Mm-hmm. And then now I look at it and I go, how lucky are these guys to make something that they enjoy making with their friends? They're like a family, right? They are a family by now. And to have and and to have a fan base that's there for them into the parts where even when they go to space in scuba diving outfits, everyone's still loving it. And I went, that is a blessing. That is a fucking I, I said, throw me in the Briar Pratch. Get me to do the machine seven. <laughs> where all of a sudden I am now king of the Russian mafia. I'm running the Russian mafia. And <laughs> there is, look, there it's, it's a Fiero. They're in a fucking Fiero, by the way. But it. Oh my God. Yeah, it's a Fiero. It's a Fiero. Okay. And with that, I'm going to go take care of my painter. How okay. Do you have any questions you, you want to ask? No, I'm, I am so happy that you are where you are. Thank We're not you, done right? with your story. We're not yeah. done with your story. No. You leave, Leanne. It's and pretty, pretty impressive. The heart and soul it takes to get here. Thank you. That's amazing. Thank you. I'm so glad to see you. Good to see you too. I didn't. Man. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't realize you were coming today, or I would have gussied myself up okay. and like. You look great. And down. cleared your schedule. I wish. I thought I told you. I, maybe I wasn't good. Yeah. Tell me at some point, and life, life interrupts it. Happens to everyone. We will. So yeah, Fast and the Furious, man. I, I'm telling you, I might. Start it from beginning to one mm-hmm. and watch it all the way through. I want to see. Good luck. Don't do it sober. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking that. By the way, that would be a fun. Like we did uh, the Pitch Perfect trilogy. Yeah. It was called uh, the Treble Feature, where we watched all three Pitch Perfects mm-hmm. in a movie theater with my daughters. And it was a fucking blast. We brought all their friends. We had a fucking blast. This podcast is brought to you by 3Chi, the industry leader in Delta 8 THC products. Bert, what is Delta 8? THC. It is not CBD. I want you to know that this is a federally legal version of THC. It's more functional alternative to marijuana. It gives it does give you a buzz. So please use it responsibly. But it gives you an amazing buzz with a great body feel, clearer head, less anxiety, and less paranoia. And it's available online at three chi. That's number three chi.com. And at retailer retailers all around the country. Um, it's it's basically it's a functional alternative. To marijuana, they have eight ball candies, Delta Eight cookies, Delta Eight crispy treats available, and and I've done the crispy treat, treats. They come in fruity flavors, and that's the one I had. That was they're great. They also have disposable vapes. A separate battery is no longer needed for your vape cartridge anymore. These come in ready to use right out of the box, and are available in ten strains. And by the way, T Pain had them all in his room, and they sent them a bunch, and they were fucking gone. Everyone loves them. Three Chi, go to Three Chi dot com to shop for delta eight edibles vapes and tinctures and gummies the oils can be used to make your own homemade edibles use the code bird at checkout to receive five percent off your order must be 21 to purchase that is three the number three chi.com 
and use the promo code BIRD to receive 5% off your order. This podcast is brought to you by Bird Dogs. They are, these are the only shorts you will need this summer. It is peak summer right now, which means Bird Dogs are back to the most comfortable, best pair of shorts that have ever existed. For me, you throw them on, you work out in them. They have a super soft built-in underwear, so it supports your junk. Get on the treadmill, bang out a workout. Go play golf in them. Take them to the beach. You can put them on for brunch. They look nice. I have a pair of seersuckers ones that, honestly, you put on a college shirt with them. They look like good-looking shorts. And then take off, get home from brunch, go over to someone's house after brunch, jump in their pool, and they dry super quick. What Bird Dog did was they stole the Lululemon designer, and they're just doing it better. All Bird Dog's summer styles are on their website, and I'm telling you, I love my Bird Dogs. They are comfy as shit. It is your throw on the short. They get soaking wet, work out in them, dry off, and at the end of the night, you got a college shirt opened up, your Bird Dog's on, a cigar, fucking cocktail in your hand. Ha! Oh, go to BirdDogs.com and enter the promo code BERT. And they're going to throw in a free Bird Dogs Whistle Tip football. That's exactly like those Nerf footballs you had when you were a kid, the must-have beach toy of the summer. That's BirdDogs.com. Use the promo code BERT, and boom, free Bird Dogs Whistle Tip football with your pair of Bird Dogs. You will not take these things off, I promise you. So wait, when was the first time you got drunk after getting after the accident? Um, that was after I did the Rocky Steps. Oh, you had beers on a rooftop. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Wait. So we okay, do you need to go back forward? I need to, I need to go back a little bit. Okay. I need to tell you one story that happened right before the Rocky Steps and then I'll tell you that. Okay. So, I haven't really told this story before. And What's up, George? Oh, she made us sandwiches. Come on in. Yeah, we are in the Nova podcast. Hey, what how's are these it going? Sandwiches? Oh, they're fucking Thank you. Thank you, baby. <laughs> All right, I'm going to hold on to mine. Thank you, George. Okay, uh, so... They're, they're, uh, I know exactly what they are. They're going to be fucking awesome. That kid I'm makes great sandwiches. That. So, I told you about how I was messing with people on dating apps. Yeah. Well, there was one person that kept responding and responding, and we started talking a lot, and eventually, she wanted to come over to the hospital. Now, I'm like, I, this can't work. I have a catheter up my penis. Like, yeah. Oh, so you can't piss. I, I can't. I can't. Wait, how piss. are you shitting? Uh, they'd give me like enemas. And, and I, then they just flush you out. And they would just flush me out. Like I. So that's the thing. It's not just my movement and, you know, feeling like I couldn't pee on my own. I couldn't poop on my own. But eventually it comes to a point where my catheter's coming out. I'm still talking to this girl. <laughs> the catheter comes out. They're super nervous. Oh, that leads me to another thing. Okay. So the catheter comes out. I made them take it out because I didn't want it in there. It was giving me so much anxiety, but they thought that I was like not going to be able to handle it. They thought it was too early to take it out, but they take it out. I had the very first case of, um, I think I've phantom. I've pissed myself syndrome. Now I don't have sensation down there much. I tell you every single time I felt like I had to pee, I felt warm liquid around my thighs. I still don't feel temperature down there. I look nothing. I swear to you, I kept, it It was so real that I felt that I was peeing myself, but it didn't actually happen. Really? And they'd said they'd never seen that before in anyone. I call it, I've pissed my, phantom, I've pissed myself syndrome. It's my own thing. Whatever, moving past that. <laughs> so they take the catheter out. Every 10 minutes I have to pee. Luckily I'm able to pee. 
the next day, every 20 minutes, the next day, every hour I can hold it in the second I could hold in my piss for two hours. This girl comes to the hospital. Oh my God. This is first week of February. I can't stand. I can barely feel. She comes, I'm in my bed. She comes to the hospital. The nurse writes on a piece of paper. I tell the nurse is my girlfriend. Writes on a piece of paper, do not disturb until like 4 p.m. She comes at noon. I don't know how, what, I don't know what's going to happen. I give myself a lot of time. <laughs> they lock the door and um, I got fucking late. Can you believe that shit? By the way, this woman deserves a fucking a, a grant. She deserves a grant. Like she $100,000 a year for the rest of her life so she can perform the way she performs like a fucking hero, like an American yeah. hero. Like like the people that caught Bin Laden didn't talk about it for a fucking few years. <laughs> this woman is a champion. It was such an insane experience. I can't like, I can't move. And she came to my hospital room. And she came back a second time a couple days later. I love this woman. Legend. So I love this woman. A legend, yes. By the way, if this woman would ever like free tickets, backstage access to any of my shows in Philly, I will be there New Year's Eve. Young lady, you have you have everything you need from me. There you me. go. I'll hook it up. By the way, and I would I would extend this to Tom Segura's shows. I will extend this to Joe Rogan's shows. I will extend this to Every one of my male comedian friends and female Whitney shows, <laughs> Taylor Tomlinson shows, fucking love this chick. But just like, think about it. I, I also haven't done anything in over a month. It was, I, I couldn't move. I'm just laying in the bed. I was just laying in the bed. It was like the most insane experience this of all like time. This is like World According to Garp. Do you ever see that? No, it's not. The World According to Garp. Pull up the World According to Garp. Robin Williams does a movie. And Robin Williams's father is a Tourette gunner. Go uh, click on, uh, no, go, no, just go to the uh, the Wikipedia page. By the way, I'm I'm flexing my hand more and more as you talk to me. I'm the Wikipedia down. Go. At least it's moving. What? At least it's moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's for me. It's just painful. Um. So. Uh. Okay. Is he? He is born out of wedlock of a feminist mother, Jenny Fields. Who wanted a child but not a husband? During World War II, she encounters a dying Tourette gunner, known ball Tourette gunner. Turret. You know what that is? It's the thing underneath the uh, the plane mm -hmm. where they go da 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 yeah, da, yeah. da 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 da. And so he was. I guess he in the movie. I forget, but I, he's out of it. But he has a hard dick, and she. <laughs> and so she ends up. Fuck. Am I reading? Read the, the rest of the the sentence. It gets pretty crazy. Um, so I'll start over. Garp is out of wedlock son of a feminist mother, Jenny Fields, who wanted a child but not a husband. A nurse during World War II, she encounters a dying ball turret gunner known only as Technical Sergeant Garp, who was severely brain damaged in combat, whose morbid priapism allows her to rape him and to be impregnated. She names the result child after Garp. And so it's Garp, the world according to Garp. So actually a pretty, I think he ends up getting shot in the end. I don't know, but that's me minus the in getting pregnant. So, so hopefully. So, can I, can I, can I, 
Number, number, the first question I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna avoid is any description of this one. I don't want to know anything about her because I think it's better for us all to use our imaginations. She but was I want, an artist. She made me a nice painting. Uh, okay, okay. Dude, that give me said the good bad me, things happen in Philadelphia. Okay, she made so, that for me. So give me, um, walk me through it. Like what? I, this, as as <laughs> as, as li- I mean, like I very seldomly want to hear juicy stories about people getting okay, laid. I but this is get such a this too is, into it. But basically, she came over, and you guys have already connected. You've been talking. We've online. been talking. And so, at what point do you realize this is happening? As, is that a pretext? I kind of knew it was happening from the beginning. The texts were getting kind of heated, you know. Okay, and so you let the so nurses I, I, know. The nurse, I, nurses think it's my girlfriend. They put the do not serve sign on the door. She comes in. You see her for the first time see in her person. For the first time. And and you're you've got to be like regardless, it's I, a human being. It has a heartbeat. And here's the thing, at this point my life is so ridiculous. The the shit I've been through that like I was just like we'll see what happens. Yeah. We we have small talk for I kid you not like 20 30 seconds. And then she goes, "Can I just kiss you?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then <laughs> Yeah, it was it was so at any point are you insane. like hang on watch for my hand watch for my no she was like I don't want to hurt you I don't want to hurt you and I was like I can't feel shit <laughs> now now and I, I apologize please tell me if this is too far fully naked yeah not you I know you are yeah, her yeah really yeah, yeah. Oh, shut the fuck yeah. up yeah it oh. was insane it was insane and yeah and everything. And, and, and the way it needed to work. Oh, it was so fucking it was, great. It was so fucking crazy. And then imagine like, I'm calling my friends. They're like, what'd you do today? I was like, well, you'll never guess what happened. <laughs> like it was, it was okay. It was just so insane. And that was like the beginning. Everything was already insane. The accident, the way it happened, the way I was recovering, it was already ahead of No schedule. contact from the three girls. They never reached out to you once again. No, they reached out to my friend that I was, cause I had just met those three girls that night. So they didn't like, I didn't like know them. They reached out to my friend to check in how I was doing. The two girls like completely ghosted the third girl. They were best friends and they're like not talking to her anymore because of the way she acted, oh, which wow. makes a lot of sense. Um, when you see that, when you see that side of someone, and by the way, I have to be fair is that everyone has that. Every, there's not everyone has that side to them, but you have to acknowledge that in traumatic times, people, people do fucked up shit. Yes. But the thing that they said is, if you started by reacting in that way, fine. But after like 10 minutes, you got to get it together. It was 45 minutes. Even when they came, she like didn't, like when they called it, the ambulance, she still like was against them calling the ambulance. It was the entire time that she didn't want them to come because she was afraid for her, even though I like could have died easily. If, yeah, yeah, it was, it was it's funny. Things like that define who you are for the rest of your life. There's a movie there's a, it's a I think it's a French movie, but Will Ferrell did a, a, a version of it, and I, and I and what's interesting to me is the accessibility to this side of everyone's personality. If you want another beer, Halston, you can grab them. I'm okay but, for now. But uh, Thanks. but what's what I find fascinating is in the movie there's an avalanche, and Will Fer- and I said did I say Will Smith or Will Ferrell? Will Ferrell, uh, I think Julie Louise Dreyfus plays his wife, mm-hmm. and Will Ferrell sees the avalanche, and they're like, oh, this is coming close. That's not gonna hit us. That's not gonna hit us. And then they're like. Oh my God, it's going to hit us. And Will Ferrell runs in and shuts the door behind him, locking his family out. <laughs> and it's those moments. And, and yeah, you know, I can't, I can't, yeah, it's called downhill. And then that moment defines who they are. 
And it's interesting. I'm trying to think of one in my life where, like, I, I remember, I remember in fraternities, uh, fraternities, the big thing was people passing out and how would you behave with that person passed out? And I think some, some people behave where they color on them and write dicks all over their faces and swastikas. It was a big thing, you know, cause you, you want to write the most aggressive thing mm -hmm. on them. So that when they wake up, they, you know, and, and then, and then all of a sudden they swallow their tongue in the middle of the night. And what kind of person is like, no, 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 this is my responsibility. And what kind of person walks away from it and goes, I, I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't, I don't want to be associated with this. I, I, I know that I drew on his name, but, 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 and I, 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 I pride myself on, on hopefully thinking in moments like that, I would say, no, this will work itself out. Let's call the ambulance right now. But you never know. And, and I think that most people can sit here and assess and go, no, no, no. I know what kind of person I am. And I go, it's push comes to shove. And, and then you find out what kind of person you are. And then sadly for this woman, for the rest of her life, she knows who she is mm -hmm. and her friends know who she is. Yeah, it, it was it was so traumatic that the first like 36 hours, it was so bad. But, you know, I just they, they said to get better, you have to work hard and stay positive. So I was so positive the rest of the way. And that leads us to like the steps, the Rocky steps. I kept working. I was improving. Well, yeah, getting a little pussy. I was getting, Fucking yeah. That was the that was the beginning of the first like, oh, my God, that was it was just so insane. And then. A couple, like a week or two later was the Rocky Steps. I remember I was nervous because as strength was coming back, the issue with my legs was I didn't have proprioception, which means even though I could, if you touched it, I could feel it. I could, you know, move them in different directions. Not well, but I could move it, but I didn't know where my legs were. So that's what proprioception I, is. Yeah. So okay. say I'm walking, I had to be looking down to see where my legs are landing. If I close my eyes and you move my leg up, down, left, right, I had, I'd have no idea. Okay. So because of that balance was so difficult. So when this t time came for the steps, I knew I had the strength to get up there. What I was nervous about was falling over. And I had my therapist uh, there yeah. holding on or like making sure if I fell over, I'd be fine. Luckily I didn't fall over. But the thing that nobody knows about that I was worried about, do you remember when I called you right before? Yeah. I, you're like, are you, are you nervous? Are you going to do be fine? I was like, look, I haven't shat in like three days and the nurses, oh. the doctors just up my laxatives. I'm nervous. I'm going to shit my pants. Do you realize how viral you have gone? I know, but it was had, already kind of our, but look, look. And then I was so you nervous. Had, do you remember what you said to me? What? You said, Chase, if you shit your pants, then look at the camera and go Bert, Bert, Bert.com. I'll give you $10,000. <laughs> and I was like, okay, if I have the most embarrassing moment of all time, at least I'll be rich. And do you know how many people joined the live stream? Who would have seen it? 30,000 people were on that live stream. That was a great. Hundreds of people showed up in per. It was, it was. That was that was like one of the greatest moments. The universe aligned for me that day because I wanted to do a podcast with you and I or I wanted to watch it and I wanted to watch it with Leanne. And that day we were supposed to do a podcast with Nathan Florence. Nathan Florence, I fucking love this guy. I love this guy. I love this guy. If you get a chance, you need to go down to Hawaii and hang out with this guy. Do some fucking workouts with him. He is a savage. He is such a cool dude. Very positive. Mm -hmm. Best energy. I love him. I love him. 
And and our podcast is supposed to be at eleven, and your live stream was happening at eleven or you know to whatever time and yeah. whatever, and it was the exact same time. And for whatever reason, Nathan Florence slept in for 15 minutes just long enough for you to climb the rocky steps and you Great. got done climbing the rocky steps we turned it off and nathan and i started the podcast it was like universal lines sometimes and i got to watch it cried aggressively leanne and i were bawling sylvester stallone retweeted you yeah he he was tweeting me he was posted he posted my video on instagram because what what had happened is you know just tell people that don't know when I was in the hospital, I made a video of me flipping everyone off. And by the way, I think you were wearing my tour shirt. Oh, yeah. And so everyone hit me up. And they're like, hey, man, there's a fan of yours that's going through some stuff. Maybe you should help him out. And my first response, I didn't even realize I was doing this, was like, no, nah, I know that guy. <laughs> and I, but I was like, I was like, I'm already, I'm already doing everything. Yeah. Trust me, I'm, I'm more on his side than you know. Yeah. And people are like, you seem pretty callous about this. Why aren't you retweeting it? And I was like, I fucking, it's Chase, man. We've been doing this for a month now. Yeah, yeah. So, so that became like, and then I put it on TikTok. It got big. Started making more, and then I made a video about climbing the Rocky Steps, and that one went pretty viral. And uh, it, someone posted it on Reddit, and it was the top post on the homepage of reddit oh. arnold schwarzenegger's commenting like i'm sending this to sly then sylvester like you know posted on his instagram posted on everywhere and hundreds of people ended up showing up in person i was like join the live stream and hundreds of people, people in, person. Showed up in person yeah hundreds and they're crying it was like it well, was such an insane super, experience it's super well you know the st stories about paralysis are often um a lot like shark attacks mm -hmm. where you you own you no one talks about all the people that get attacked and nothing happens to them people simply talk about the people that are attacked and died and so sharks get demonized and paralysis has this like demonic effect where everyone goes he'll never walk again i'll never do this and so anytime you see something like you i think first of all people are like wait wait what I, how the fuck did that happen and does that happen how often does that happen but more importantly i feel like i'm witnessing a miracle and I think that's what's the cool thing about your story is I think the majority of people are like, I'm witnessing something that I don't think I could do if I was the vast majority of people could not do what you did. The vast majority of people, I think, and I'm sure you assume, no, I actually, I'm pretty ordinary. This is what I did. And I think everyone can do it, but I look at it and I go, I, I don't know if I could. It, I mean, it was, it was insane. I mean, I, t I still talk to doctors. I was lucky that actually a good friend of mine by coincidence was a spinal cord is a spinal cord doctor. And I was talking to him a lot throughout the process. And like, I spoke to him last week and he was like, yeah, most people with your injury can never pee on their own again. They have to use a catheter for the rest of their life. And so then, like, so then why you fucking lucky dude, Mickey Mandelgene, Mickey Mandelgene. <laughs> <laughs> do you think, do you think it was, it was your, your blind faith and like oh, i'm gonna be fine i think it was a mix of a bunch of things it was that i'm young yeah it was that i'm lucky that you know my neck didn't actually break it was just a bunch of trauma it was the support i had it was the mental strength i had because there was times when i'd feel down on myself and i'd get to rehab and i wouldn't push myself as hard and you know what i didn't improve i didn't improve unless i pushed myself beyond my limits every time like like so growing up, right, I played tennis. I played tennis in college as well. And I had this trainer that was this tall black dude named Mark. Shout out Mark. He's a beast. And he would yell at me 
like move your pale ass, pretend you're an athlete. Every single day in rehab, I heard him yelling at me. I heard the Rocky theme in the background as I'm like trying to walk. Like I, and he also told me that when when I was training, he's like the most important part of a workout is when you feel like you're done to not stop, to keep going and push yourself and prove to yourself mentally that you can do more. And physically, that's when your body's like getting the most out of it, right when you feel like you're done. And that's what I did every single day. And unless I did that, I wouldn't improve. And I'm still doing that every day. Like I might be able to work right now, but I'm doing rehab like a minimum of four hours a day. And every day it's so fucking exhausting. But as soon as I feel like I should be done, that's when I'm like, Nope, got to do a little bit more. This is where the gain comes in. This is where the gain comes in. And that's when, and unless I push myself harder than I feel like is possible, I don't improve. And so what are your goals? Like, so, so where were you getting out of the hospital? Where are you today? And what are your goals today? Okay. So, so I was in Philly until April. Uh, I was walking with a cane. Then I eventually got out of a wheelchair I was electric wheelchair to manual wheelchair to cane or to walker to cane. Now I'm walking without a cane. I'm walking with a little bit of a limp. My current goals are to walk with no limp, which I think I can definitely do. Like that's like a long-term goal that's by the end of the year. And then another goal is to be able to jog. Yeah. And I can't jog currently because on my right side. So the right side of my body is a little bit worse than the left side. And left side looks legit look like your left hand doesn't look like anything's wrong yeah it's it's weird so there's this thing called tone and tone is when a muscle will contract or like activate when it's not supposed to so one of the reasons i can't jog is when i extend my right leg and say push off i get tone in my quad which keeps my legs straight and it won't bend so i can't like pull it through like my quad just activates for no reason yeah and my left hand looks good but i have tone in my fingers where so look i have a fist yeah i can go fist to straight yeah i go fist again and then it's a little more difficult because the muscles that close my fist i'm getting tone there and it's more difficult for me to tell them to stop and i do it again and now it's like even more difficult because the, I can't uh-huh. tell the muscles to turn off. But you have feeling in that hand. I have feeling. It's not a hundred percent feeling, but this is just like the use of my muscles. Yeah, they activate when they shouldn't activate. So in my right leg, I can't jog because my I have tone in my quad. It's activating when I need it to relax, and my calf is the opposite problem. My calf's weak, and I don't have enough strength to really push myself up off the ground with my calf. So I need to tell my quad to shut the fuck up to relax and I need to tell my calf to like get fucking moving. Yeah. So it's doing rehab is this weird mix of push myself as hard as I can and relax as hard as I can at the same time, depending on the muscle group. It's this weird, it's so weird, man. That's really crazy. So do yeah. they, is there like a full body assessment that you have where you like a checklist of going like, 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 by the way, like I'm flexing my hands right now in, inadvertently. I'm not even doing it on purpose. Just going like, like trying to see if I notice it, like notice the, like notice. I'm I'm, I'm not even thinking about it, yeah. but I see you think about like opening your hand. Yeah. I mean, I do like when I walk, 
I'm trying, I'm focusing, like walking and talking, I have a lot of hard time doing because I am so focused on my right leg. Then you wouldn't like Migos. Walk it, like, walk it, walk it. it. By the way, I'm I'm into the Migos. I have to make a policy to them. I know I can't beat up all three of them. Like, I'm so focused on, you know, landing on my heel, releasing on my toe, bending my knee. It's like walking, I'm very, very focused on trying to make it look as good as possible. And then hands, like, shaking hands, shaking someone's hand is so weird for me. I'm not used to it because my right hand, right? Sometimes I'll go to shake someone's hand and my fingers won't extend all the way. But sometimes when I'm feeling loose... I go and I, and it's like good enough. So every time I shake someone's hand, I'm like rolling the dice. We don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm going to get. And the thing is, everything's still improving and everything's improving still. It's still improving. It's not improving at the same rate as it was in the beginning. It's slower. So at the, in the, at, when it started, you would feel like if you had to put a number of improvements after a workout, the next day it would go up 10%, 5%. 20 percent i mean percentage is difficult but it would be very noticeable really like not every day but like i would work hard for like two days and then the third day it's just a very noticeable improvement now i can't look at it day to day i look at it week to week and week to week it's noticeable and i had to define to find the differences i have to like pay attention while in the beginning it would just jump out at me like oh my god that's improved now i have to like look at each part of my muscle each each muscle and like oh yeah compared to last week it's definitely still improving and it's just like it's such a mind fuck because also i want to be i want to be happy with myself but i don't want to be happy with myself because if i'm happy with myself i'm not going to work as hard you don't it's it's a contentness i i yeah i think once again, not to narcissize this too much, but uh, but I know that feeling is I I am never content with myself, and I'm and I and I'm pretty brutal to who I am and and how I behave. Like yesterday, I, I sat on the toilet to take a shit. I'm knowing I'm getting my cast off, and I just feel like I have. I go, I haven't done anything with my life at all. And, and, and what? I, exactly. Come on. I know. But perspective what, what have wise, Judy and I been doing? Uh, I know. Come on. <laughs> so, by the way, can I tell you? It, but I, I think that's where my brain goes. One time I was on a flight with this guy, Scott Sands. Shout out to Scott Sands. And uh, we're sitting next to each other in first class. I upgraded him. We're both sitting in first class. We're flying from like Vancouver to LA. And we can, we run into the great, the biggest, second most turbulence I've ever encountered in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty aggressive. And I start having a panic attack and drinking aggressively. And and he's like, hey, calm down. And I go, I can't calm down. And he goes, what are you worried about? I said that I'll die. He goes, then you die. And I said, dude, I haven't done anything with my fucking life. I go, I feel like, I, I feel like I've done nothing with my life. And he starts laughing and he gets two drinks from the flight attendant and we get our drinks. I go, what are you laughing at? And he wouldn't tell me. We pour our drinks and he toasts me and he goes, you know what's fucking hilarious? As I said, what? And he goes, how self-centered you are. <laughs> and I said, why? And he goes, you're telling me you haven't done anything with your life. And he goes, for the past nine months, I've been filming you live your life. And he goes, so if you haven't done anything, I've watched you do nothing. And so I've done really fucking nothing. And I went, oh, fuck, yeah, I guess I have done a lot of shit. And so, but I, I think sometimes I think it's good to not feel content. I, I don't know why. I wish I wasn't so punitive with myself but i feel like i feel like i'm not like you know what sometimes you do a podcast like this is not it but sometimes i'll do a podcast and i go 
So did, did I deliver? Did I did I bring any? Is is there a reason that I'm doing a podcast? Like I did one with someone I forget the other day, and I just was like, am I am I phoning it in? Like am I really doing what I should be doing? Is this worth me having a studio and and like and then you start beating yourself up, and then you you take a breath and you go, okay, I just wrapped a movie, I just got surgery, mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to sell. Yeah, you just it. had a fucking movie made about your story. And you I know, but don't. but I and I'm I'm sure, and I would imagine, I would imagine. I would imagine, I hope this doesn't come out shitty, but I would imagine mediocre people feel content very easily and feel like I'm killing it. And I, and I would hope that great people always see the glass as like half empty of like, I need to do stuff. I got to do mm-hmm. stuff. I know Tupac was like, that shows you my intelligence level, but totally. Tupac was always felt like guys, we need to be in the studio. We need to be making mm-hmm. shit. And I think he had this prophecy that he was going to die young, but I feel like everyone should live every day to its fullest and you should try to do the most you can out of a day. And I I look at a day like today where I go up at five, doing radio from five to eight, do a podcast from nine to to 1030, do a podcast with you from 11 to 1230, do another podcast at three. I have a general meeting with a writer at at nine and then, and then I, or at seven and then I go, okay, that's a, I'm doing stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. I think a, a content person, and I have been this person in my past, goes, uh, I wrote a new joke today. I'm good, you mm-hmm. know? But And I think with working out, that is that way. There's certain people who work out who, and, and I know that you're looking at my body and watching this and going, Bert, you don't work out. Uh, okay. You work out. I work out hard as fuck, and I'm still- Really hard. I've And seen I also it. live a fucking fairly aggressive, oh, I gotta take my blood pressure medicine, but I, I live a fairly <laughs> aggressive life. And I would explain to my daughters and my wife that a workout- ends when you throw up when you throw up then you've worked out hard enough i don't know if that all i know is that's a good gauge for yeah. me is if i'm throwing up or i'm gagging then i've done it hard enough okay and so and so it was a crossfit i mean i would go out and throw up every day and because you put you put me into a competitive situation and i'm watching dudes cheat and i'm like fuck you i will beat you and i will push myself and i will be fat as fuck and you can laugh at me but i'll be throwing up two cups of coffee in the parking lot by Eric Gruzen's car every fucking day. And I, and, and that's how I like to work out. And it bums me that I'm going through this because right now they're, and it's so crazy. They go, Hey, um, you know, so we're going to go up a degree every week. So right now I'm at 35 degrees mm-hmm. and they're like, you can move it at 35 degrees. And at first I was like, come on, I'm not a pussy. I was at 45 degrees in the cast, but I did this a little bit yesterday and it was they're robbing. Mm-hmm. And so then next week I go to 50, then 70, and then I'm at 90. Technically, I'm at 90%. It's, it's weird. Mm-hmm. But I understand why they do that. Today, I'm, I dropped something, and I went to grab it real quick, and I went, oh. And I was like, thank God it stopped me at 35. But I said, should I be lifting weights? And they're like, no. No. But my, my brain goes, my brain goes, I'm not pushing myself. You are pushing yourself 35 degrees. That's all you got to do. Just listen. Listen to the doctors, man. Oh. Like, look at the expression on your face right now. Like, that doesn't look easy. It's in, I'm in so much fucking pain doing it. <laughs> yeah, stop, man. I know, but I go, the pain's good. It's a weird part of my brain. Okay. Where I go, the pain's good. Freshman year, we do. Uh, well, there's good pains and there's bad pains. Is it a good pain? I don't know. All pain's good. I don't think that's right. I think all pain's good. I think all pain, uh, if you uh, if you can find, pain can become euphoric. Yeah, good pain, bad pain sucks, man. Like if there, there's there's pain that's like, 
you're pushing yourself in a good way, but there's pain like, you know, you broke your leg. That's not a good fucking pain. I think I might be mentally ill. <laughs> Can I tell you? So the night, so, so, so the, 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 the drip, the, the spine, I might need another beer. Hey, Halston, will you grab me a Bud Light, please? This, I'll take one too. I haven't had Thanks. a Bud Light in fucking forever. Yeah. And they are so good. It's water. It, it, it's a fucking refreshing. Yeah. Um, so the, about four in the morning mm -hmm. after the day after my night after my surgery, and I got my surgery at like two, four in the morning, I reach over and I feel my, the top of my hand. It's the greatest feeling I've ever had. And, and, and I, Thanks. and the second greatest feeling I ever had, and I have a video of it is me with my hand here in the cast and I'm, I'm twitching my fingers and I went, Oh God, they're coming back. And I, and it's, and I could, I thought of you because I thought when you move your toe, it's the first sign that your body is taking a direction in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And I went, that is fucking awesome. And so I, I, I was like, I was like, man, I have so much I want to talk to Chase about. And I'm so glad I got this. And I, there's so many apologies I want to make to so many people because you, a lot of times you, you empathize with people, but you don't really, you don't really know what their struggle mm -hmm. is. You know, it says it about, I, I, I talk about it with racism a lot is that I, black women aren't predominantly black women aren't heard in hospitals. It's, it's really, it's, well, most women aren't heard in hospitals. Mm -hmm. Black women generally aren't listened to by doctors. It's, it's something I've heard on podcasts and social media and, and I've heard activists talk about, and it's, it's problematic. And I didn't think that was real. I thought what doctor doesn't listen to everyone. And, and then you realize, no, 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 no. It's, it is there's a shorthand and there's a, when you're talking to a person that looks exactly like you, which for me as a white male is the majority of doctors that I run into are all white men. My cardiologist, mm -hmm. my, my, my general practitioner is a, a female, but uh, because Leanne got her and got her into me, but my cardiologist, my anesthesiologist, the guy who did surgery on my arm, these are all white dudes mm -hmm. that I'm dealing with. And so there's a shorthand we have. Chris Rock talked about going to SNL and not thinking they were racist but understanding that adam sandler talking to lauren michael was different than him talking to lauren michael because mm -hmm. adam sandler's just talking to his dad you know another white dude yeah chris rock's talking to uh he didn't say this but is talking to a judge or a lawyer like it's it's there's not a connect not, he didn't grow up around a lot of dudes like lauren michaels but adam sandler had a lauren michaels in his house mm -hmm. so it's it's uh, there's a familiarity black women and and once again I may not know what the fuck I'm talking about, but this is what I've learned is there's a, there, they may be there when they say I have a problem with this and that, maybe the doctor brushes them off and goes, it's nothing. And then they feel like they don't have a voice. Well, when I went to Serbia and I had to go to the hospital in Serbia for burning my leg, I understood just how difficult it is when you don't have that shorthand where, where language is a difficulty, mm -hmm. where, um, where your cult, there's a cultural difficulty and maybe there's a difficulty because this is a woman versus a man or a man versus a woman. And I have never felt more helpless in a hospital than I did in Serbia. And, and, and one of our co-stars ended up getting, uh, having appendicitis and we, oh, we shit. ended up empathizing. Yeah. Shout out to Mercedes. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say that. It's fine. I think everyone knows it anyway. Keep it in Mercedes uh, Cruz. I think is her last name. You type in, I think Mercedes Cruz, I think is her name. I want to make sure I get it right. She's a fantastic lady. Um, go to Instagram, type in Burt Kreischer up there too. And it'll see she, we, yeah. Um, Mercedes de la Cruz. Um, 
she had appendicitis and she, we empathized with how scary it is to go into a hospital when you don't speak the language and they're saying we're going to put you under and when this and then you mm -hmm. and she's just like whoa, whoa hold on hold on and and it, it is crazy um but i think that that goes hand in hand with what i say about like people may hear your story and go hey man i got you that guy you got to fight man you got to struggle push hard conquer your inner bitch whatever mm -hmm. they've accrued from podcast sayings but they don't know how hard it is and i think i truly empathize when i started moving my fingers the excitement i had the relief i had where i was like we're moving in the right direction yeah now i understand how what a pussy i am because it was just a fucking nerve yeah block. but it's also different like because because i didn't really have a choice like i so i was working hard but also like i I'm 25. I don't want to be disabled the rest of my life. I had so I had such a good life working with you, working with other stand-up comedians. I had great friends, great family, great. My life was so good. I wanted everything to go back to the way it was. So I had so much motivation to get better. And like on day like three, I had this hour and a half video of people just wishing me luck and saying I can do it, including the one from you and Tom. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. And like, I would watch that on repeat and like, that would motivate me. Like, I had, I had so much going for me. Like, I don't know. I was, I, I feel so lucky. Like I could feel unlucky for having this happen, but I feel so lucky for, you know, the recovery I've made that I keep getting told is a one in a million. You know, what's something weird. I've never looked up anything about my injury. I've listened to the doctors and I haven't, so I told my friend this the other day. He's like, that's so, I haven't Googled my injury once. Is that meaning, weird? Meaning the type of injury you had? Yeah. Or like, because I, the way it was in my head is like, I don't want to like look at any article that's going to tell me I'm never going to walk again. That's smart. But like, I don't know. By the way, I was like, it's so funny. My brain goes the exact opposite way. <laughs> I go, this only happens to guys that deny their homosexuality. And you're like, wait, I'm gay too. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. I got to tell that chick to leave my room. <laughs> no, it's funny because, uh, I, I haven't, I haven't Googled anything about my arm at all. And I had a lot of opposing opinions on what I should do. Mm -hmm. Like I had my trainer and a physiotherapist say, you don't need surgery. I would not get surgery. And then I had every surgeon, just about every surgeon, um, tell me you need to get this repaired. And I just leaned to the getting repaired. And then I talked to Gabby today and she was like, you got it repaired. And she's like, Ugh, surgery sucks. It's so bad for you. You know, like going under is like dying and, and you, it's, it's not the, I'm so glad I didn't talk to her before the surgery. Cause I would have been like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing yeah, it. But, yeah. um, but I, I haven't Googled anything about it and I, I don't really, but I also don't want to know limitations because I don't believe limitations apply to me. Like, I don't believe, I don't believe, I believe in luck. I believe that I'm the luckiest guy in the world. And I believe it's funny. Like I kind of weird things I think will happen to me. Like I definitely think I'll win the lottery once. Like, and I, and I, um, but I'm also certain I'll probably going to, is am I going to get struck by lightning? Like I'm <laughs> certain I will get attacked by a shark. It's not going to be a bad bite, but I probably will get attacked by, okay. I feel like I'm in that. He'll just get a finger. I'm in that, I'm in that little area of, of, of the fucking angel's breath mm -hmm. in life where really good stuff happens to you, but then also bizarre shit happens to you. Well, I felt the same way. So. So this was such a one in a million accident. Like yeah. the way it fe I got hurt when I got on the plane to come home from Philadelphia, I cried when we were taking off because I thought the plane was going to crash. Wasn't bad turbulence, wasn't anything, but I was yeah. just like, just my luck. My friend, I, my I went on a road trip with my friend, Eric, shout out Eric, you fuck. He has a Tesla and he put it on 
automatic or self-drive and like just like sat sideways and i was like dude you have to watch the road yeah and he's like dude like it's safer for the car to drive than me statistically i was like i don't give a fuck you watch the road or you pull over and i'm getting out and i just like i believe in one in a million they've they've happened to me and i feel like it might happen to me again so like I, I'm a lot more afraid of things than I used to. Be. I was, ne- I've never been afraid of a flight in my life. Like I wouldn't have really? been, had a problem with him driving, but like I've experienced a one in a million accident. And like, I don't want to do that again, man. That's so funny. I'm always, I, I, I thought my whole life I'd die in a plane crash. And that's why I respect, I, I respect air travel and get blackout drunk before I fly. Mm-hmm. Cause I respect that death is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. I respect death that's why i want to take mushrooms again we already talked about mushrooms a little bit uh i don't think i can do that right now i i I went to school in southeast washington yeah i've experienced that stuff and like there was a kid in my fraternity that i'm not sure if i should say this but he he microdosed on shrooms and it like triggered schizophrenia and um so way, you really that is that is triggering me in yeah. a heartbeat because i because it's, it's like a gene apparently yeah. but it's it doesn't always come out but it, it shows up at a certain age schizophrenia Maybe. comes out it, it comes out at a certain time and mo- but, but, but most not, people. not every some people people can have the gene and it cannot come out it's sometimes uh, i've been told that that happens with marijuana this by the way i wonder if this is like voodoo shit we're talking about if like any any like doctor would be like it's marijuana doesn't cause schizophrenia but like i remember thinking when i smoked pot and had panic attacks i had triggered schizophrenia because i could not shut up voices in my head i didn't know where they were coming from it was loud they were yelling at when, me when were you hearing these voices this was when i was 7 15 16 damn 16 twice i i smoked marijuana and i could and i had panic attacks but a panic attack for me is a lot like schizophrenia mm-hmm. it's where i can't control anything and it feels like everyone's shouting at me and everything feels very loud i had one once again in college was the last time i had like a what i would call a schizophrenic panic attack mm-hmm. where i had it in the shower and i didn't know what was going on with me and i and it it just overwhelmed me and i and but i'd had it twice as a kid smoking pot and it's part of the reason I kind of don't smoke pot all the time because mm-hmm. I would smoke pot all day, every day if I could. I like, I especially in inebriant, no one knows you're doing. Like you just are relaxed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, fucking Xanax. But uh, I definitely, um, I definitely thought I, I triggered schizophrenia. One, one of the times I definitely thought I triggered schizophrenia. And I was like, oh, great. So I broke my brain forever. And the last time I did mushrooms, I was just telling this to someone. I was telling this to Brandon Shaw. Mm-hmm. the last time i did mushrooms i um i thought to myself my daughters are very young what if i just broke my brain again and what if i can't provide for them and i bet if you're in a in a situation where your brain is the one thing that's operating at a hundred percent and the rest of your body isn't you probably think to yourself well i'm not gonna fuck with the one thing i got you know, the one mm-hmm. thing that's working for me is my brain and my mentality and the way I'm seeing things and the way I'm perceiving life and the way I'm perceiving this. Mm-hmm. God forbid you take mushrooms and your brain decides to fucking sabotage you and go, yeah. oh, man, yeah, we're in a bat. Yeah, you good yeah. call. Good call, by the way. So I like you might have just day. talked me out of doing mushrooms. No, because I mean, you've probably done it before, right? I've done it, I've done it a few times. Yeah, I've done so it maybe like if you've done times. it before, I, and I've, I've done it before, but I just I'm not 
mentally ready yet to do that Good again. Call. I mean, so I have that, a friend that listens to Joe Rogan all the time, and he's like, "Dude, you gotta try mushrooms. You got it'll it, it it might like trigger the nerve." I was like, "Dude, like, not yet. N- maybe never, but like right now, definitely what a, not." What a story that would be if you took mushrooms and all of a sudden you started dancing, <laughs> and everyone's I like, dance. "Motherfucker, <laughs> do the worm." So, so then, so what are the what are where are you at today? Okay, so today I'm walking. I I'm I'm fully independent. I can drive. I drove here. I can do everything on my own. It's just like improving. It's like, it's less like learning to do the big things and more just focusing on specific muscles. Like there's this weird thing where if I stand on my left leg and then I stand on my right leg, I lose like half an inch of height because my glute on my right leg is super weak and it doesn't like my hip kind of sticks out. So I'm like focusing that muscle so it can strengthen. And it's just like a bunch of fine tuning right now. And I'm so lucky that I've gotten to this point, but I am not going to fucking stop until I can walk. I want to walk into a room and have no one know something's happened to me. You know, well, you were close to that the other night at the variety of party. Yeah. You, I, I saw you walk in and I was like, I was like, God damn it. He's moving great. I put up my stories. Yeah. I saw, I I'm moving, I'm moving well, but like, I'm, I'm competitive, man. I want to be, I want to be the best. I want to fully recover. They say a hundred percent is impossible. I'm going to get as close as what are they, I can. So what is possible? How, what percentage do they think they you can like get They didn't like say to? a percentage, but they just said. So where do you think you are right now on a percentage scale of 100 to. It's so difficult to say because like there's so many different aspects to it. Yeah. Like, like when I pee, like in the morning, my body's tired. I'll like stand over the toilet for like a minute before it comes out. Yeah. Like the muscles to like. My sphincter muscle is like waking up and who knows if that will ever recover. There's a lot of little things like that. And like, I, I don't care if that, like I, I can yeah. still pee. So yeah. whatever. And like the main thing I'm just concerned about is my right leg and my right hand and the other little stuff, like the temperature thing, like it sucks. Like on the 4th of July, I was at a pool party and I wanted to dip my feet in the pool and it, like, it wasn't refreshing. I just put my feet in the pool and it was just like, whatever. But like, I don't know. The, the, the only things I'm concerned about are my leg and my hand and uh, everything else. If, if it doesn't recover, like it's not a big deal to me. This podcast is brought to you by Grunt Style. Grunt Style is a American veteran owned and operated company that prides itself in patriotic spirit with the motto pride in self, military, and country. There's an interesting website. I went and checked it out in, in, to see what I thought of it. Because sometimes they'll send you stuff, and I was like, I'm going to buy some stuff on my own. Their outerwear is fucking badass. It's kind of outerwear that you know is durable, you know is high quality, because it's made by guys that rely on gear. Um, I also ended up buying some of their their panties. It's not panties. They're like shorts, but they're badass shorts. Like old school 1970s shorts that are raised high. 80s shorts. And cut up the side, and it says, and they look like they look like you served in the military. So no one's gonna fucking look at your legs and be like, "Hey man, what's up?" They're gonna be like, "Oh, cool man, nice, nice." Listen, you don't have to serve in the military, be a veteran to wear grunt style, but you do have to love freedom, bacon, and whiskey. They provide more than apparel; they instill pride, and they've got great cups. Their shirts are awesome. All their gear is badass, and I love the fact that they started out of the back of the founder's car. And they've grown to employing almost 400 Americans producing apparel for workout, everyday wear, hunting, fishing, and more. Grunt Style Club members get free shipping, special discounts, and contests, and exclusive tea each month. The Grunt Style Foundation partners with organizations that provide mental health, 
and support the PTSD, depression, anxiety, combat stress, and transition to civilian lives. The Grunt Style Foundation is active in programs and help with group with food insecurities and homelessness for veterans and their families. Regardless, they do have badass fucking clothes and great gear. <clears throat> and it's gear you know you can count on, all right? And all of your purchasers are going to a great cause. All of that wrapped in, dude, get an additional 10% off your first order at gruntstyle.com slash Burt. That's gruntstyle.com slash Burt for an additional 10% off your first order of any items. Gruntstyle.com slash Burt. That's interesting how you can put things in perspective mm-hmm. and you go, because I have a weird, I have a weird perfectionist thing in my head where when I knew I was going to have to have surgery, and I, I know this sounds absolutely ridiculous, but I was like, I'm going to have a scar. Like, I, I'm, I, my body's been perfect. Mm-hmm. So the goes, you think your body's perfect? And I went, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's got no flaws on it. And then I'm going to, I'm going to willfully put one on. And he goes, well, what's the option? And I said that my right, left tricep retracts into my arm. And he goes, well, what would you rather have? Like a baby arm or a fucking scar? Mm-hmm. I go, I guess I'll go with the scar. Yeah. And then he was like, yeah. And it's, it's interesting is that you do kind of weigh out certain options and Mm go, you know, and I've watched Tom do it with, he had just had nerve uh, surgery in his left arm and I've watched him fight back and it's been, and, and for him, he was like, you know, he couldn't his, I I don't know if he said it or not, but he was talking about his hand and his hand wasn't operating the way he wanted it to at a hundred percent. And he, and he was willing to go in and get the surgery. And I was like, that's really inspirational for dudes like, could there be another surgery that they do for you, or are you good with surgeries? Me? Yeah. Oh, I'm done. I just had the one surgery. Have you seen the scar? No. Do I have the sick scar on the back of my neck? For real? Are you going to yeah. get a tattoo to cover it up that says, I'm not unbreakable? No, <laughs> no. Uh, I saw a funny, uh, I was looking up, I was just like Googling tattoos on scars. On I've scars. No, looking- there's one because it's like, it's like a line with a little like slits, and someone got a tattoo of just like a zipper head. <laughs> I've seen that one. I've, I've looked at a, I've looked at a bunch of tattoos to get on my scar. Mm-hmm. Cause, but then I go, I think the scar is the story. Like, yeah, know, no, I'm not going to cover it up. I, I like it. I think it, you know, it's crazy. Have you seen the x ray of like my neck? No. I can show you later. Yeah. Or I don't know. Wait, do you have it? Just text it to, text it to Halston. You can pull it up here, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I the one thing texting with one hand has been a fucking. I know that saying that to you, you're yeah. like, yeah, I'm I'm still working about pissing in the morning. Like texting <laughs> no, with pissing one in the morning is fine. very difficult. But, uh, you want to know the crazy thing um, about like, like even when I was on Tinder, like I was swiping with voice command. There's a way to set up voice command where you control your entire phone with your voice, and I just sit in my bed like unable to move. I'd be like, swipe right, swipe left. <laughs> I, mean, I want to set up my phone with voice command. I, I can show you how it works. It's it's actually like really impressive the stuff the, the way it works and the stuff you can do with it. Um. Oh, I also wanted to mention because you're talking about like hand stuff. Is the biggest concern was my hands in the beginning because for the first two and a half weeks I had no movement in my fingers at all, and so there was the Paul Walker mental breakdown, and then the second mental breakdown I had was. Two and a half weeks in, I thought I was never going to use my hands again. And I couldn't feed myself. I was like, I'm never going to feed myself. My job is sending emails and calls all day. I'm never going to be able to do that again. And then I sat down with a therapist and I was just bawling. I was just so sad. Because like being in a wheelchair is one thing, but unable to use your hands. You do everything with your hands. I'm 25. I use my, like, 
And she's like, she stabilized my wrist and she's like, okay, let's try to move your thumb. Nothing. Try to move this finger. Nothing. Eventually, they did it in my right hand first. Go to my left hand. And we got to my index finger. I moved it like that. A millimeter of movement. And I was just like, I can do it. I can do it. Yeah, I, it moved. I can fucking do it. And the fact that my left hand has just about fully recovered minus yeah. the tone is a miracle because like two and a half weeks is a really, really long time to go with zero movement. And so does it, do nerves start dying at that point? Dude, I don't freaking know. You don't know. Just you're like, I don't, I don't give a fuck. It, it started. It's working. just normally a sign that like the longer something takes to start moving initially, the worse it's probably going to be. Um, that's like my left leg was the first thing to start moving. I had the biceps working and the hands were just the scary part because they just weren't nothing. I was getting nothing out of them. And then just a millimeter, a millimeter of movement. And I was from then on, it was the positive attitude. And I was like, oh, it moved. It's going to move. And every time like something moved a little bit, that was in my head. It was like, oh, if it can move a little bit, it can move more. Like that's just the beginning. And just fucking kept at it, man. But the hands were the scariest part. That is, uh, the, yeah, that is, uh, that is scary. Uh, that is, did you feel like if you touched part of your bodies, were they cold or hot? Uh, what do you mean? Like meaning like, so like you're like, your, your leg isn't moving, but if you touched it, did it feel cold or you taught or cold? Felt you? nothing. You didn't. Oh yeah. Cause you didn't have feeling in your hands either. Uh, in the beginning, no feeling in my hands, like nothing felt t- even temperature now. So. I'm not like affected as much with um You're like Wim Hof. Dude, Wim Hof has been an inspiration of mine since like high school. And he's one of the people I'd look at. I'd be like, if Wim Hof can control his autonomic nervous system, I can walk. Yeah. You should do some of his breathing exercises. Dude, I have been obsessed with breathing since I saw his vice thing when I was oh. in high school. I actually was thinking of maybe going to train with him in Iceland or wherever he is. Like, I'll do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Plan it out. Find out when, when, find out when there's, when there's training things, I'll pay for both of us. Let's go train with Wim Hof. That would be so I'll train for both of us. I'll train. I'll pay for both of us and we'll fly out. We'll do the whole fucking, I want to do it. The whole training. I've wanted to do it for a while. Wim Hof, this fucking, his bro, his son does all his, I think I ended up talking to his son one time. Here's the problem with me is I get drunk and then I fucking Google Wim Hof and see, he has like a class or something. Yeah, he trains people. Yeah, and uh, you I go to his place, you. everyone gets in the water, everyone does a hike shirtless. Yeah. It's like a whole fucking thing. I'm It'll be a little it. more difficult because hiking is difficult, but like hey, I can do it, man. Goals, I can goals, do it. Goals. I can do it, especially if it's like a couple of months from now, at least. Like, oh, 100%. No, it's, so that's whoa. a scar. It's not as bad now, but the next one I sent you was the uh, the x-ray. No, a scar. Imagine just a little zipper head at the bottom. Not bad, not bad. <laughs> That's an aggressive scar. Yeah. So they opened you up and then what did they do with those vertebrae? Did they just. So they, they put in metal rods, just stable. Like it just, you know, pushed the vertebrae back in where they're supposed to be and just stabilizes it there. Oh. What's the next picture, Halston? Oh, um, yeah. Wim Hof. Find out when that is, Halston. I'm sure that Judy is going to be like, we can't cancel those dates. I'm really happy <laughs> that you and Chase want to do this. So what's the plan? What's what's um, here we go not online courses we want to go to fucking iceland or wherever yeah. the fuck he lives yeah go to wimhoff.com oh maybe that's it 
Look at that motherfucker. Love that guy. Release your potential. We have so much potential to release. So much. So what's the next step? As we the next step is just continued rehab. No, no. I mean, I'm taught. By the way, you should know me well enough to know where my brain is. Sorry. So how do we make money off this? <laughs> well, TikTok. I've been making a bit. I'm doing my first like ad. Ad. Listen to what I'm doing an ad for. A Paralympics video game. They're like making oh an ad. God. I was like, this is the perfect thing for me. So I'm. That's gonna be the next thing I'm doing. But. That's great. Hilarious. <laughs> do we have like a book? Do we have a movie? Do we have a well, pitch? Like what there we might got? be there might be a book coming. I've had interest from a couple people about doing a movie about everything because we haven't even mentioned here the kick in the ball story. Oh yeah, yeah. You said yeah. I like when I was like the first week, my friend was just like, "Hey, there's the X-ray." So this are the, this is the X-ray. Yeah. So those that light part, those are all that's titanium in my neck. Can you feel it? Meaning, can I you can, dude. When I like twist, like right here, I can feel it. I can totally feel it. And then, like when I tilt, I can still twist my head pretty well. But when I tilt, like that's as far as I can go. Wait, zone out, zoom out for a sec. Look at what a twink your body looks like. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> look at those. Look at those ribs and those arms. Like I feel like mine would look bigger. Is that crazy? Like, well, you're bigger than me. Come I know, on, but it's man. so fucking. It's so cute. <laughs> Fuck you. So <laughs> don't call me cute. <laughs> so so are, are are we on top of that? I mean, are people listening? Is there if there's someone listening who's like, I want to, I want this story to be told. Like, how would you write a book? Would you write a book about your story? You'd need to go so deep into. Because where where this helps someone, what I find fascinating about this is is your dedication to not looking behind you, looking forward in like a really almost like blindly, mm -hmm. like just looking forward, going this is gonna be fine. Yeah, I I don't know, man. So there's there I've been talking to a writer that we might start a book and. Um, I was thinking about going through the whole process, my mindset, and then going back because I took a lot of things that I've been through throughout my life to help me get through the process. Like, like I told you, I played tennis, right? Yeah. There's this weird story of my, my freshman year. Uh, we were playing. We were like 20th in the nation, playing number like six to get into the elite eight of nationals. The way tennis works, it's like there's a bunch of matches, first to five total matches out of all nine wins, right? It's four to four. I'm the last match on. I'm a freshman. I'm beating this guy. I'm about to put us in the Elite Eight for the first time since the 70s, and I cramp. My leg cramps. Really? So sad, I lose the match. Flash forward, senior year. Same situation. We're like 20th in the nation. We're playing number six. I'm the last match on. I start cramping, but I'd cramped so many times. I knew how to handle it. I take calcium pill. I'm chugging calcium pills. I, there's a uh, pickle juice. I'm chugging this pickle juice. I know not to like overexert because it starts, your leg starts to cramp. And then once it locks out, you can't move it for like 10 minutes and you're done. So you have to like slow, move really slowly. The kid sees I'm cramping, gets a little nervous. I win the match while cramping, put us in the elite, for, elite eight for the first time. And that just proved to me that like, even if things are going down, I physically can fucking do anything. And I feel like that was a big fork in the road in my life. And then everything started going well, but that was in my head. I was like, if I can fucking do that, I can do anything. If Wim Hof can control his breathing and change his body, I can walk again. And it was just like, 
when I write this book, it's going to be a lot of like taking things like that, applying it to the situation I was in and being able to get through the worst, I mean, arguably the worst possible injury you could ever have. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's funny that people don't see myself included, uh, setbacks as opportunities, meaning a setback sometimes allows you allows you opportunities that you would never have i remember once again realize that realize that my brain sometimes is focused on my feather bed tragedies i'm used to it you gotta, and, just, but just like me. <laughs> but like uh, so like uh, one time this is georgia you probably were still in college georgia and isla isla had just been born and i got um i got pulled into test for a cbs sitcom mm-hmm. and uh it, and it was like it was on the list to test. It was me, Chris Kattan, I think. Chris Kattan, mm-hmm. maybe. Gary Valentine and Paul F. Tompkins. Those are the four people testing. Very, very different personalities. But I thought, I actually got a shot at this. Because I am a dad at the time. Mm-hmm. And Chris Kattan and Paul F. Tom- Paul F. Tompkins ended up booking it. Um, they did, They weren't dads. and did, Nor did they resemble dads, in my opinion. Like, meaning I, I didn't think of any of them as, like, mm-hmm. a dad in the mm-hmm. middle of America. Gary Valentine wasn't a dad. And Gary was such like a fucking good looking, cool, slick dude. I was like, I don't think I was like, I might be the only one that really I'm going to get this role. And mm-hmm. the guy that was directing it was the guy who directed Van Wilder. Okay. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have a connection. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to say I'm gonna, I was going to say to him, hey, man, I, in my head, I thought. I know that his girlfriend at the time had done pictures with uh, my my roommate, who was a photographer, mm-hmm. and she had said, oh, my God, my my boyfriend just read your article. And I said, for what? She's like, he's directing this movie uh, called Van Wilder. And that's the first time I'd ever heard about Van Wilder. This is mm-hmm. years before that. So I go in. He's the director of this sitcom. I'm like, okay, I got a shoe in, in my head. I'm going to hit it out of the park. And it, the sides were in my voice so I could act. And I was like, perfect. That day, I was looking for something under my bed. And I lifted up my mattress. And whatever I needed to do i needed both hands so i put this very heavy california king mattress on my head to hold it with my head and i pulled my neck i pulled my neck so it was frozen like this like an idiot i'm like oh fuck man i'm testing at cbs and i can't move my head like this and so i went in and i tested and i was like and i'm with the wife and she's like i don't know what do you think i'm like i don't know what do you and at one point they're like is something wrong with your neck and i go i pulled my neck this morning and they're like oh Okay, and I bombed the audition. Oh, I bombed. No. It was a it was a test. We were testing. Oh, yeah, all the network yeah. execs were yeah. there. All everyone's there. And if you do well, that's the day you get the phone call. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't. I mean, when I went, it was me, Chris Kattan, and Gary Valentine in the lobby, and I couldn't move my neck. And Gary's like, "What's wrong with your neck?" And I go. I pulled it and he goes, ah, it doesn't look good, buddy. Oh, and I go, really? And he goes, he goes, you got to fucking, it gets in your head. He goes, take a muscle relaxer. And I was like, I don't have one. No, and he was like, he was like, that. you got to go get a drink, loosen up your neck, get it, go, go, go run and get a drink. You got to loosen up your neck. He's like, buddy, you can't act like that. And I'm like, Gary, it's not that bad. And he's like, it's really bad, Bert. And he's like, I notice it. And he goes, you got no shot at this. If you can't move your neck, you gotta, he was like, even if you hurt yourself, just move it a little bit. And I, it was frozen. It was frozen like this. It happens to me every now and then is I pull my neck and it'll, it'll lock on me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get it. And I remember thinking, I remember thinking to myself at that time, this had to happen for a reason. I was supposed to get this role. 
and the universe hurt my neck. The universe, not me being an idiot thinking I'll just hold this up with my Mm -hmm. head. The universe hurt my neck so that I wouldn't get it. Why did that happen? And now I look back and I think, had I booked this role, I might've gotten into sitcoms. And if I'd gotten into sitcoms, I wouldn't have focused on stand-up the way I did. I would have just been like, I'm an, I'm an actor now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on acting. Because my quote at the time was $75,000. was my quote to mm-hmm. do a fucking sitcom because I'd been grandfathered in back in the day with Will Smith and CBS, and, and I'd gotten a good quote. And so had I booked this, I would have booked it, and I would have been in that show, and I would have gotten very comfortable acting, and that's what I would have done. I would have acted. I never would have done travel channel. I never would have focused on my standup and I definitely probably would never have done one podcast. You would have never been on the cover of variety. I would never have done the movie, the machine. I would have never mm-hmm. told the machine on stage and I wouldn't have the life I have today. And I'm very happy. Mm-hmm. And I, and, and I know that you can go, well, that's not, you can't connect the two, but I connect the two where I you go, can. I hurt my neck and I hurt my neck so that, so that that got removed. I remember thinking, why would this happen? Like I was so, they were, all but willing to offer it to me. Like on the call, they want you to test. They love you. They think this is right for you. You just got to go in and do like semi good. And I had done mm-hmm. that before for other sitcoms, just on semi good, not even a great audition, but they liked me so much. Les Moonves liked me and he would just go, I like him, put him in. Mm-hmm. And so, and I didn't get it. And then I never did another sitcom. I was the last, I was the last, I'm not even joking. That might've been the last audition I had. Mm-hmm. And I and I booked in Travel Channel very shortly after. I did Reality Bites back. I did an hour special. I started just doing other stuff and stand up is my focus. And you got to look at those setbacks as things that are positive. You Completely, know? yeah. I'm not sure if I'm all in on the everything happens for a reason, but I'm all in on. It's hard. It's hard when you go. So so what's my fucking reason for this? Well, I'm all in on something shit sometimes shit happens but you have to make the most of it that's why even though i had the worst fucking injury ever i had a good time i was trying to have a good time while i was getting through it i I always think about how short life is like it's fucking so short it's so short and also it just gets faster and faster so if you're just doing the podcast i'm putting pills in my mouth going life is short (laughs) i'm like okay so there's this theory that someone explained to me one time about how time is relative even though time is fixed when you're like six years old a year is one sixth of your life so it's a much it's it's a big portion of your life when you're compared to when you're 60 it's one sixtieth so even though time is a certain amount of it's it's fixed you experience it faster and faster and faster as life goes on because it's a smaller portion of your life and based on that you live like you experience like half of your life by the time you're like 20, which is like, also I heard this years ago and I just think about it a lot, but, but it makes me think like if life is just getting shorter and shorter and shorter, I don't want to, I feel blessed to be alive after this injury. And I want to somehow enjoy every moment of it. I I feel blessed. I want to enjoy every moment I'm going to have. So like, I'm going to make a stupid video of me flipping people off. I'm going to make a stupid video of me kicking my friend in the balls, which was so much fun. Look, I love you, Dan. But when I got to kick my friend in the balls, that was so much fun. Can I tell you something about him? So he was going to bring a cup when I kicked him and he forgot one and he was like, whatever. Then I kick him as hard as I can. I thought I got him. And he immediately, he's like, no, dude, you hit me in the thigh. Like, go again. I was like, dude, oh. you're a fucking trooper. You could have faked it. You could have sold it. it. Nope. I kicked him in the balls. I hit him so hard and it made an incredible video that TikTok fucking censored because there was like 
because I was kicking him in the balls. It didn't show up on the For You page. It still got a million views of people just looking for it. Yeah, pull it up. I want to see it. By the way, I like this TV in here, Halston. We're really stepping up our fucking game. You got to sign into TikTok. It's, uh, Wait, what is that? Is that you the first day in the hospital? Which one? Go to that first video. That first video that's got 91,000. Is that you? Yeah, I put that out yesterday. Oh my God. Is that your brother? That was nose? day three. Yeah. Wait, this one's, this one, uh, yeah. You, you got to hear the sound. Otherwise, it's not going to make any sense. Do I, we don't, do we have headsets? Oh yeah, yeah. Can you start it over? You gotta start this one over. This one, yeah. I just, I just made. On New Year's, I fell and my entire body was paralyzed. I worked super hard to recover, and eventually, it was time to make the jump from a walker to a cane. Naturally, I went to shop for one on Amazon, but while searching, I stumbled upon a video simply called Cane. That seemed kind of weird, so I clicked on it. Emil Farkas, who is best known as a historian, now shows his skill with one of the oldest weapons. A simple cane. Training began. I was terrible at first. My arms were so weak, I almost gave up. But then I was reminded. Combat is for real. Thank you, Sensei. I will never <laughs> doubt myself again. Elbow pushes him, I go out, wham! And I'm glad I continued, because who would have thunk that the student would become the master? This is a tale of hard work, dedication, oh, and perseverance. <laughs> I present to you the story of how I mastered the way of the cane. Stay tuned for part two. Oh, that's fucking great. God, you really broke your fucking nose. Go back and freeze on that video. Freeze I don't know if it that. lets you freeze. It oh, there you go. Yeah. I mean, you have yeah, black. I was fucked. I was fucked, man. I, I really, it was a bad fall. <laughs> It was a bad fall. So wait, I don't what remember. Videos, what video of yours on TikTok has the most views? Uh, the kick in the balls one. That It's got 11 and a half million views. This is the first Earlier one. Earlier this year, I was in a traumatic accident and was completely paralyzed under my shoulders. As a way to motivate me to improve, my friend Dan said that when I got out of rehab, he'd let me kick him in the balls. Little did he know, I'd make an insane recovery, and by the time I'd get home just a few months later, I'd be in incredible shape. This is the story of how I kicked my friend Dan in the balls. This is All right, great. so the case told me he wanted to kick his friend in the balls. We had to take a very strategic Oh, that's approach. great. We, we worked on the right leg and the left leg to figure out which one was stronger. Your right leg looks really great. the left leg is the one it, for the job. The right leg wasn't his as good as I could balance better on my left. Expecting. Dan, you better watch out. I can see what you're talking about with it not. Stay tuned for with part it not two. It not firing, that glute not firing. Yeah, and then... This is the one that TikTok hey censored. Guys, I'm Dan. I'm about to be kicking um, the balls. Yeah. God, wait, Dan's a good-looking guy. From the shoulders he got a lot of... There was a lot of comments of girls being like, is Dan single? Is Dan single? But uh, he has an identical twin that commented. He's not single, but I am. And he put his Instagram handle in there. That's an oh aggressive kick to the balls. I went hard. Oh my god. You got it. Left How ball. great would that be if What'd you, you paralyzed him? <laughs> Please just kick me straight in the balls and I feel so good. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. So it says like at the bottom, it it could have serious injury. So it never showed up on the for you page, which is where it people find it and still look 999.9 thousand. It is a hundred away from a million of people just like searching for it. Cause the video before that like did so well. Have you seen the golf one? No. My name is Steven and I'm a 13 handicap. Oh yeah. I saw this one. I've seen all your videos. <laughs> My name's Antho. I hate to toot my own horn, but this one is my favorite one. It's so funny. My name's Ethan, and my handicap is 25. Stop it. My name is Chase, and my handicap is a spinal cord injury resulting in quadriplegia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's my best one. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I think with one of these things, you let it breathe and you find your lane and then you find a way. Cause I, there's so much that what I, what I, what I, I think my big, my biggest takeaway is that the inspirational side of it. And I think that was what, mm-hmm. what impressed me with Scott and Scott's leaned very heavily into, into inspirational. Um, Scott is the one we were talking about who's got paralyzed from mm-hmm. the spinal drip, but he has leaned, leaned very much in the inspirational thing. And I think I met him because I was fascinated by just how inspirational he is. But there is something to be said for connecting with someone today. There's someone right now that just found out that they're paralyzed and they need, they have a long road to recovery. Mm -hmm. And you are such an inspirational to that story to that person. And, and, and I, I could never, I could never connect with that person. I can do stand up comedy and I can make you laugh and make you forget about things for a second. But what you can do is talk directly to that person. And it's like, you know, when Tom said that message to you mm-hmm. and I felt like going, Hey, I remember, I remember they were saying, they were sending a message. I was like, I'll do one with Tom. And I was like, Hey Chase, you got this. And Tom's like, do the fucking rehab. Like he's yeah. been so, he called me today and he's like, are you doing rehab? And I was like, no. And you gotta and, do it well it's for me it's just this right now but because they just want the mobility back and then we'll do weight training and he was like who's your ot and i was like what's an ot and he goes the fact that you don't know what a fucking ot means yeah you're not doing the right thing bert and he was like i he goes who's in your pt i was like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about and he was like who gave you that bullshit brace and i was like i don't know and he goes you need okay i'm gonna get an ot in touch with you we're gonna get you a new brace like tom was very but that's tom is he is like What's the problem? I see the thing in front of it. My thing's like, what's the problem? How bad is it going to be? Can I just ignore it? Who wants to party? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think I sometimes, but but your ability to communicate to someone that's going through the toughest point in their life and be a lighthouse in the fog for them or like a channel marker of like, yo, this is where you can go. And I, and I feel like one of the one of the few things I think I did right, and I, I don't think I did a ton right because, you know, throughout this whole journey of yours, because was um what because also i didn't want to infringe i didn't want to start texting you too much and then you'd be like hey man i can't use my hand you're driving me fucking nuts but was like setting you up with scott because once you have that well you set me up with scott in the very beginning yeah yeah so no, that was great and scott was so much help because so you know how i said i was like in living in my own reality of i'm going to be fine after like a month it kind of the doubt started coming in the oh like people don't recover from this oh like i'm getting lucky and i would call scott and he'd make me ready to like get out of my chair and run through a fucking wall like he was so much help and i've because of these videos and the tiktok stuff like 
a lot of people have been reaching out to me saying, hey, I'm going through this, blah, blah, blah. I've, I've also had a spinal cord injury and I'll talk to them and talking to them helps them. It helps me. You learn about it because even the therapist, like nobody understands it unless you've been through it. It's so, it's so bad. It is so terrible to like deal with your entire body to not work. But like having like community of people who've been through it helps so much and talking to people that know what you're going through because it doesn't matter how many times I tell the story, how vividly I describe it, you don't understand until unless you've like been through the same thing. So how does how does someone how does someone what would you say? Like say say there's someone listening, they go, oh My God, this just happened to my cousin. This just happened to my brother. Oh my God, this happened to my wife or oh shit, this happened to me. And they and they want to connect with either you or Scott. Like what would be the best way for them to go about reaching you? You can so- just DM me on Instagram or uh, TikTok. I see all. I see most of them. Yeah. Okay. And your Chase gets better on TikTok. And what are you on Instagram? Chase unfiltered. Chase unfiltered. Yeah. By the way, you know what's so funny is uh, I, there's a guy named Chase Lapard. I'm sure you know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> I have said so many times because Chase Lapard and I worked together for like a few months, mm-hmm. and I and I've I just because I'm so often on Instagram, I've said Chase Lapard has been paralyzed to so many people. And they're like, what happened? And I was like, New Year's Eve, man. And they're like, wait, is that? Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah he's other just, Chase. And I was like, that's why I feel bad if Chase Lapard, if everyone's wondering yeah. why he's not paralyzed. But uh, no, he's been like a couple times he tagged me. People are like, Chase, are you OK? And he's just like, nope, it's this guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that Leanne? Leanne? Leanne, who the fuck was that? Oh, yeah. Um, well, we should wrap this up and finish yeah. and have these sandwiches. Uh, I, I'm, 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 I'm beyond proud of where you are today. Thank um, you. I'd love to do. We'll do another podcast when I get back from Macon. Sure. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll bring Judy on here. Or we'll bring someone else on here. Yeah. And do like a little bit of a drinking, more relaxed. Get really into the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> And, uh, and, and kind of catch up with your recovery because I'm fascinated by it. I really am fascinated mm-hmm. by your journey. I'm not the best interviewer in the world. So if there's anyone out there that would like to like, you know, all our friends have podcasts, all our comics, please hit up Chase, hit up me. I'll give you his info. I, I, I the whole time doing this, I was like, Rogan would have been done so much a better of a job if I had this <laughs> conversation because he knows about, he's like, yeah, I go ready. Yeah. Oh, okay. Rogan questions. So have you thought about stem cells? Scott does that. Does he? Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he gets it. So, he said it's um, it's like there's no like actual proof that it works, but he's he's trying it. I the thing is about me, why I'm not trying shrooms or anything is the stuff I'm doing is working. And it, in my head, it's like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing as long as it's working. And as soon as it's not working, then I'll try something else. So so there's a place Steve-O went to in Brazil. Okay. That does like hardcore stem cells. Okay. Like I think illegal ones. Oh, nice. And, kind. Yeah. And so, and so, I, I mean, I don't know what stem cells even do to be dead honest with you. Well, they're cells that haven't like become a specific cell yet. So like, so they can like grow into anything essentially is like, I'm pretty sure the concept of it. Yeah. Nice. And then, and then what about steroids? Would that help? I don't know, but I could get a little bigger. I lost like 20 pounds of muscle when I was in the hospital. Yeah. get Do a fucking cycle. Let's do it. Like these are, by the way, these are the things I think that, Rogan would be like, yeah, these are your Rogan's testosterone. 
Zinc. Got to have zinc. Gotta, oh, bro, you need vitamin D. <laughs> vitamin D. You need zinc. vitamin D. Have you tried turmeric? Turmeric? He'll say it weird. Turmeric. <laughs> but like, yeah, the whole time I was doing this interview, I was like, I was like, are these? I'm pretty good at listening. I'm, I'm, I sadly I interject my own stories into people's stories, which are never the same when it's talking about something that's serious. But, uh, but yeah, if there's, uh, I mean, we'll have you back, and if you guys, what I'll do is I'll, I'll let you know, and we'll do it maybe September, October. And uh, and kind of track your journey, see where you are, see if we get you or you get a book deal out of this. See if we can get a movie made. I'm thinking of a TV show already. All right. Where you take other and 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 we'll, what we should do schedule that Wim Hof shit. I guarantee you, it's in the winter. I guarantee you, it's in Iceland. Yeah. yeah. We'll take some time off. We'll go I do really that. Want to, I wanted to go for years. And I'm now telling you, like open offer, time. open offer. I will pay for both of us to go. I'll fly us out. I'll fly first class. You'll fly coach, but <laughs> but uh, but you're gonna get us on a plane first, obviously. So okay. I'll be like, hey, I'm with him. I'm with okay. him. All right, back to coach, buddy. No, <laughs> but uh, but well, I'll fly us out. Where is? Does it say where Wim Hof's um thing happens? It's like Iceland or it's Norway in Iceland, right? Or something. It's something like that. I can't remember. In there it is. Person. Wim Hof this in person. It. Can you read that, Halston? Uh, having grown popular worldwide, Wim tries to visit as many countries as he can to spread his love and share his message. In these one-on-one uh, -on -one kind of events, Wim no. takes you on a personal journey, yada, yada, yada. It doesn't really say. Uh, there's no upcoming travels with him uh, with the global pandemic going on. Okay. Well, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, We'll figure it out and we'll go. And and we'll bring, we'll bring a group. I think we should do. I, I know. I bet we could get Tommy to go um like we would get so much out of it oh um because he's 100%. like a guru who has scientifically proven that his shit works yeah. it's like legit yeah and i i know that you can go there and do the thing i know like i think aubrey marcus did it i'll reach out to the onic guys i think they know him <clears throat> and i i think i want to say i connected with his son i think his son does all his uh his whatchamacallit stuff it's no, no. I think when you go out and you live with them, I think it's a little more. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're yeah, doing we're doing the hey, we're moving into your house. Yeah, going into your pool. And by the way, if we have to take the ten week online class to get into the other one, we'll do that, or at least we'll we'll pay for it and tell them we did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but I would love to do this. I'm gonna do a liver cleanse. I got Gabby just sent me all these fucking all these fucking things that I can do to get healthy. I'm gonna do them all. I think I'm gonna really start. As I drink and eat pills and eat a fucking barbecue sandwich, I really think I'm going to change my life. You know, yeah. I was going to not drink um, at all during. Uh, oh, it deals with anxiety and depression. I don't have depression, but man, do I have anxiety. Like his stuff, it's got to help with everything. Oh yeah, just the yeah. I'm so all in on this stuff. All right, well, keep do me a favor. Google, keep googling it. Find out what it is and get us into it. Okay, yeah, let's and do then it. let Judy know. We'll we'll block it off. We'll shoot video for it. Oh yeah, we'll post it on fucking line. Oh yeah. It's going to be fucking great. Some good content. Well, dude, I'm very, very, very Is that happy. your dad? Where? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I'm very happy for you. I'm very glad that I Thanks. can sit down and talk to you yeah. and have this conversation. I think, you know, when this happened at the beginning of this year, I was, I was, I was floored by that information and I, and I I didn't know what was going to happen, and I and I kept waiting for good news and waiting for good news, and it wasn't until you know you get these video updates from Judy, but to to think that we're here having a fucking Bud Light about to eat a barbecue sandwich, mm -hmm. 
I fucking, I'm very, very happy for you, man. Thank you. I'm very happy. And thanks for having me. I can't wait to see your path to 100%, or at least 85%. It's still going to be better than my body. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. You're like, your bottom half is in like great shape. And it's just the top half. (laughs) Yeah, it's the top. My bottom's 100%. My top's a 30. So I get to 70. Yeah. Like an overall. Yeah. If I can get this arm back working. Yeah. I can't suck dick right now. Like, (laughs) (laughs) dude i love you thank you very much thanks for having me fuck yeah this episode was brought to you by the machine